Today on Gamerhead Radio, we crash level 257. Gamerhead Radio starts now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Gamerhead Radio. My name is Charlie Technotronicorn Worthley. Candy Mountain, Charlie. I'm Jonathan Santiago, a.k.a. Fallon Flynn. Morbius for villains, come on! I'm just goat. <laughs> Again, you're not just goat, you're the uh, goat. You can change it up. Maybe you, maybe one week you could be fancy goat. <laughs> I'm fancy pants McQueen goat. <laughs> well, we've got a pretty good show here for you guys. I'm really excited to get to the feature. But before we do that, uh, here's what's coming out this week in... Uh, in, in uh, and what? <laughs> You're like, we got a great show. A couple pit stops in the way. Gotta get to the pizza. <laughs> like, well, like, yes. Here's the carrot. I'm going to throw it four blocks down. We'll get to it. Just we'll get there. Now, we'll get stick there. with me with the group. No flash photography. We're walking. We're walking. <laughs> <laughs> and our first stop on our tour is our releases. So coming up Ooh, on what a March. segue. Look at how smooth. Well, now you've ruined it. Yeah, way to no, shoot that. That was good. Segways <laughs> are only segues when they're not pointed out. That was good. <laughs> Anyways, keep it going. March 10th, we've got Assassin's Creed Rogue coming out for Windows because you know why not? Uh, Atlier Shali, Alchemist of the Dusk Sea, coming out for guess guess Beta! PS3, close enough. Um, <laughs> Cities Skylines coming out for Windows. Devil May Cry Definitive Edition coming out for PS4, Xbox One, a nice uh, remaster there. That's uh, DMC, I guess it's, I should say, not mm-hmm. Devil May Cry yes. specifically. It's I'm actually the, excited mm-hmm. about that though. I liked that game. I know I'm in the minority, but I, I really enjoyed it. I, uh, I might. Are you, you going to pick it up? Do you think? Uh, I probably will because I actually did not purchased DMC originally. I borrowed my brother's copy to play. I might borrow your copy when you're done with it. Fantastic. Uh, Hotline Miami 2, wrong number, coming out for PS4, PS Vita, Windows, Mac, and Linux. Good job, Linux. Uh, Mushroom Men Truffle Trouble, coming out for Windows. That sounds... Pornographic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that you could see Goat's face right now. No, that's one... Not far off. And two, <laughs> it's strange that the third one's coming out for only Windows because the first two were on, uh, the first one was on Wii and the second one was on 3DS. Huh. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> Resident Evil Revelations 2, Episode 3, keeping up that theme with PS3 and PS4 on the 10th and then on the next day for Xbox 360, Xbox One, and Windows. Uh, Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters for the PS3 and PS Vita. And then on the 11th, I'm excited for Ori and the Blind Forest is coming out for the Xbox One and Windows. That's that uh, one of those super artsy style video games that they showed off at uh, E3 last year that I uh, I thought looked pretty pretty. Very excited for that one. Yeah. I, I was that was one of those things, little nuggets that slipped through last year. I was like, oh, I can't wait. Yep. I didn't realize that was so soon. I'm, I'm yeah, excited. me either. I hadn't. Uh, yeah, that one's uh, approach had uh, had uh, flown under my radar. Uh, Sid Meier's Starships, which I didn't know was a thing, is coming out on Windows, Mac, and iOS, so I'll probably be looking into that unless reviews are bad. And uh, that's on the 12th, and then on the 13th, Codename Steam, which is an acronym apparently for something, coming out for the 3DS. So, video games. Woo, video games! Yay. Speaking of which, what uh, what did we play this week, gents? Um, I know I'm behind, but I um, I, uh, I finally started uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I know I should have started this, you know, a year a year late would have been in November, or, so, or October, November, whenever uh, Unity came out. So, I uh, finally started that now. Um, it is, I'm playing on Xbox One. It is, uh, it is very pretty. I will definitely it give it that. It is very pretty. Um, I, I'm, I'm... 
I, I at the same time like that I'm confused by the story and what's <laughs> happening, but I'm also conf- don't like that I'm confused by the story and what's <laughs> happening. Um, it's it's a good thing that they're mixing up the formula, but it's also um, uh, kind of like the way that Assassin's Creed Three started. I'm just like, wait, what's happening right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I know John, you've played it, um, and. Um, uh, you know, the game's been out for over a year, so a minor spoiler, you know, you'll find this out like in the first like half hour of playing the game, but um, essentially the the character that you're playing as, he's a pirate who um, basically kills and then assumes the identity of an, the, an assassin that he kills mm-hmm. and then goes after a mission where you find out that he's basically betraying the assassins to the Templars. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I have several problems with this, with, this, with this premise and this setup because considering that this pirate... Um, now maybe this will be explained later. Um, don't tell me if it is or if it isn't. But I, um, I will give you nothing. Uh, <laughs> good, good. Um, but it's it's weirding me out, and it's kind of bugging me that this that this pirate who was not raised up and trained as an assassin still moves and knows all the moves and everything about uh, about how to be an assassin. Mm-hmm. Like he apparently has never touched a pair of the hidden blades before, and they hand him a pair, and they're just like, "Hey, show us your skills." And then like this is the in-game tutorial, like teaching me the player how to play, but. As far as the game telling the story, he's like, oh, I've never seen these before, but I know exactly how to use them. And it's sure, like, sure. It's, it's kind of weird. So um, I hope they explain that. But, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll see how it goes. When, when um, you finish it, we'll talk about that because I have thoughts about all that stuff. Okay, cool. Um, so the, there's that. Um, I, I, I think we all managed to touch um, the um, what's that roller coaster demo game thing. Scream Ride. Scream Ride. Yeah. Um, um, I'll let you guys go first on this one because I I, I have the sense just from from our our, our chatter that um, that your guys' opinions of it might be higher than mine. Sure. So we'll we'll start there. Also, we'll, we'll come back to me on that when you guys get to yours. Sure. Um, and then I also finished the um, I mean, not that it was some great accomplishment, but I finished you know the two hour Metal Gear Solid Five demo, uh, better known as Ground Zeroes. Um, and by finished, I mean like I played through the story once. I'm like, okay, that was good enough. Um, <laughs> you know, I have uh, I have I have more important things to do than go back and do like all like the side special missions and all that sure, stuff. Sure. So you know, I got through the story, and that's what I needed out of it. What did you think of it? Um, I liked it. I mean, like in, in, in typical, you know, Hideo Kojima fashion, you know, after, after you're, you know, when, when you can safely set the controller down because you don't need it anymore, there's still like another hour of stuff to watch. Um, sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, the story was good. Um, I didn't play Peace Walker, I think is what this game was majorly referencing. Um, it is. So my, my brother is a massive Metal Gear person, okay. and he, he was telling me that if you haven't played Peace Walker, I mean, like. Uh, portable ops you can skip. He advises okay. not doing so, but he did say that if you haven't played Peace Walker, that this and Phantom Pain are have a lot to do with Peace Walker. So he recommends playing mm-hmm. it. Before right, I might playing I might two. look up some synopsis that I'm on gonna that be then. doing. I'm gonna be playing it soon. I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so a lot of a lot of the references and everything yeah. were lost on me. Um. And um. You know the. Uh, you know, with um, with how things turned out with the with the prisoners that you were rescuing, you know, like the uh, the significance and the importance of that was somewhat lost on me. Um, um, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean overall, I mean gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous game. Um, I'm excited for um for um, uh for Phantom Pain. Um, 
I got better at it. And I, I think this is the way that I've been with like the last couple metal, metal gear games is like, I, I have to remember how to play it and remember how it works, sure, you know? Sure. And, and they always change a couple things every time. And so I have to like learn all the new mechanics and like, you know, just, you know, just the different ways of doing things. And you have to learn the map and like learn where all like the hiding points are and like all you the tunnels you can think call through. You have to about it like a Hideo Kojima game because yeah, he really has do. a very specific way that he presents his games. So yeah, you kind of have to think in his sandbox a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What and did you think of Keep for Sutherland? Um, eh, you know, it's it's not David Hayter. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. it's I mean, he was all right. I mean, he didn't have a ton of dialogue in the game, so I, I, I I'm reserving final judgment until I hear more. But um, you know, it, it was you know whatever. certainly not a a ringing endorsement (laughs) i think most people would prefer to have david Hayter back i mean but you know because it's just like what when you i mean it's gonna be like you know eventually i'm very loudly knocking on wood right now but i mean like eventually just as an example uh his name is escaping me at the moment but the guy who does the voice for optimus prime i mean eventually he is not going to be on this thank you uh eventually he is not going to be on this plane of existence anymore and that's going to be a very sad day sure and then at some point you know, maybe before maybe before that happens, they're going to have somebody else doing the voice off in this prime, and it just sure. will not be the same. And yeah. this is the same, just the same kind of thing for me. I mean, like David Hayter is Snake, like, yeah. and it, it's hard for me to hear anyone else's voice doing their best Snake impression and sure. have it be the same. So, I mean, like, you know, Kiefer Sutherland, great actor. I, I, yeah. I have no problems with him, you know, at all, really. Sure, sure. It's just. You know, he he has some very large shoes to fill. So yeah, yeah, I think a lot of Metal Gear fans feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. So. John, what about you? Um, I played... I finished Sunset Overdrive. Uh, the story mode, anyways. I, I haven't done any of the extra... So that ending? Yeah. That ending was pretty great. <laughs> you know, we, I know you mentioned that on the show last week, but it was pretty fantastic. Um, I, I, I dashed through it so that we could finally move past months of talking <laughs> about Sunset Overdrive on almost every episode. Yep. Of this I'm going to go through and play all the side content stuff and some of the Chaos Mode stuff, but I'm not going to cover that on the show. I'm just going to go through and enjoy that at a leisurely pace here. But, uh, I, yeah, same as everybody else, man. It was fucking great. The humor was great. The writing was great. And I could not imagine playing it with the male character all the way through. I'm glad I switched to the, the female character. She was great. Seconded. So it was fantastic. Um, um I, I, I just have to say that, mm-hmm. um, that your, that your, although noble, your goal of trying to put sunset overdrive behind the podcast, unfortunately is for naught because, um, <laughs> <laughs> because, um, I'd like to real quick, briefly, um, throw out a shout out to, uh, Ryan on our, our, um, our, our, our co-host on the last episode. Um, cause he was so very kind as to, uh, as to gift me the season pass, um, because he knew that I was, uh, he, I was holding out for it to go on sale and, uh, you know, my birthday was last week and, um, very generously threw a copy my way. And so, uh, I'll probably be talking about that next week. So <laughs> you tried, it was, it was I it did. Was, yeah. I should have known what a, what a fool I am. And, and just to add insult to injury when he's done, I'll start playing it. Ah, God damn it. That's all right. It's okay. There's still plenty of good stuff to be had there. I'm sure whatever whatever they produce with season content for DLC is probably going to be just as good as the remainder of the game yep. anyway. So I'm not worried about that at all. Um, now that I'm done with that, I've I started way back, but I only got about three hours into uh, Alien Isolation. So I'm trying to finish that. Okay. It is a little bit frustrating uh, when you do have encounters with the alien because you really have to be careful how you play it, and it's so easy for it to hear or see you. And it moves in very unpredictable patterns, but you can't necessarily tell when it's going to, like say it goes into a room and you're like, fuck, I need to walk around that and just dart past really quick and hope it doesn't hear me. You don't know when it's going to turn around and come back out. It's completely random, which is exciting in one way, 
But those encounters become little how do I not get killed puzzles, hmm. essentially. How do I avoid this thing long enough to sneak past it and get away from it? Sort of moments. Very tense uh, game. It deserves all the accolades it's getting. But I need to finish that. That's what I'm working on right now. Interesting. Yeah, you saying that is you're making me. I know you said it's random, so it's not this, but it's 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 calling in my head. It's giving me like a callback to like the old days where like to beat a boss, you had to like figure out their pattern and like the way that they work. And it's it's almost more of a puzzle and like a skill thing than it is like just fill it with bullets until it dies. It kind is. Of a thing, That's which is the a thing lot is, of first person shooters. You now. have a revolver. It does nothing against <laughs> this creature. Like there are things in the game that you need to fire at. There are people at two very limited uh, degrees, and there are synthetic that the guns don't really seem to bother uh, so much unless you hit them <laughs> right in the head. Uh, they're incredibly difficult to kill. But the alien itself, you can't hurt it. You, Your best bet is to stay away from it and hope it does not see or hear you. If you have a connect, it can. you can turn the microphone for connect on, and if you make too much noise it will come towards you. It will hear you and it will seek you out. Wait, so like like I'm playing the game. Like yeah. Michelle comes home. We're talking about what we're going to have for dinner while I'm playing the game. Yeah, it'll The alien you. will hear me and come <laughs> towards me in the game? It will, well, see, the alien is not always around. Okay. It does appear sort of randomly sometimes, but let's say you have one of these, so I'll call them encounters, okay. where it does appear and it usually comes from the ceiling some way and they give you just enough time to duck around a corner and kind of keep your eye on it to see which way it's going to go. If Or you can hide in lockers. And uh, if you, let's say, for me especially, let's say that it's dead quiet in the house. It's like 2 a.m. and I'm trying to get around the house and my son starts crying. I'm fucked. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it, it picks up the noise if you turn the connect microphone on. It's an option. You don't have to play that way. Or let's say like you move the wrong way and your chair squeaks or you accidentally kick something, you know, the leg of your coffee table or something, you're done, dude. It's going to hear you. It, it will at least come to the area that it hears the noise coming from. It will be drawn towards you. And you have a motion tracker you can pull out okay. to see movement. It's very rudimentary, but it makes it emits a slight sound that it is drawn to. So you have to use it sparingly to wow. be very careful how you do it. Is there any incentive for leaving it on? Because that sounds like the kind of thing that most people would say. Screw the microphone? That. Yeah. Um, yes. It... it, it there's plenty it makes of you hold your breath. The worst was uh, when I was playing it the other night. The wor- like all the odds. I'm sitting there playing it. Palms are sweating. I'm nervous. It's been like five minutes of trying to get around this damn thing. I feel a sneeze coming on. <laughs> <laughs> and in that moment, I was like, I gotta disable that fucking microphone. <laughs> I sneezed, but I, it was one of those muted like you sneeze and your eyeballs almost pop out of your head. Sneezes. <laughs> yeah. I was. It was not good. But I can tell you, the game is fantastic. And I haven't gotten to this part of it yet. There's a DLC pack that I got with it, um, where they got. It's called Crew Expendable where they rendered and had all of the original actors do the voiceover work for their characters in Alien. Oh, wow. Except for, um, oh, his, his name eludes me, the guy who played um, Ash, who played, uh, you know, Bilbo in the Lord of the Rings movies, old Bilbo. Oh, you know what um, I'm talking about? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's the only one that they got a different voiceover artist to do, but everybody else on that crew. Wow from the Nostromo came back and did their voiceover work for their character. And it's short. I think it's only like an hour long DLC pack, but okay. I, I want to play it just for that. Yeah. That's I think cool. That's awesome. Um, but, uh, so I'm working on that. Hopefully I'll be done with that soon. Uh, a little more stick of truth. I'm just slowly getting through that one. And then, um, you know, because it was, uh, games with gold free this month, I've been playing Rayman legends, which is so good. Beautiful. So it's good. So good. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I played that, uh, Michelle and I played that together on the Wii U when it first came out yeah. because in my opinion, like if you're going to pay money for it, that's the way to play it because yeah, the, inter- sure. the integration of the second screen is perfect in that one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, with it being a free games for gold game, I'll, that's it's it's been a long time since I've voluntarily played a game twice. Wow. Um, and I might just do it again just for the fun and well, just for the gamer score too. The quality <laughs> the of the part. games and gold stuff is just getting better and yeah, better. This and month then is just crazy. 360, good. they give you Tomb Raider, which was awesome. Yeah. Such a good game, yep. you know? And yep. Uh, and if you don't uh, already own the it. second half of the month for 360s, Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, yeah, and they're getting crazy, yep. man, with that stuff. So I mean, um, I, know, I know we're talking about some older titles here, but still, these are these are but the these money are well spent titles. Though. And if you don't have yeah. these titles, and yep. this is what they're giving you, my God, they're practically throwing premium like mm. library titles at yep. you, you know. So that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> but that uh, that was it for me this week. I didn't get to play a lot. It was spaced out, small chunks, but most of my time was spent playing Sunset, so I could finish it. Cool. Goat. Uh, I did not play Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, speaking of Raymond Legends, that was most of my week. I was like, uh, yeah. Yep. Because I played Origins, and it was amazing, and I was like, Legends, all right, yeah. And I just never got around to it, and I was like, well, I'll take it for free. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I'm cooking right through it. It's beautiful, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, let's see. I just finished... What did I just finish? The mariachi level. Okay. Yep. So nice. And yeah. yeah, the music. The music's great. <laughs> the music levels are my thing. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I uh, I will say that um, you know uh, I I don't think I enjoyed any of the music levels as much as I enjoyed uh, Black Betty, but they're all they're all they're all a lot of fun to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get a little intense. Mm-hmm. Like that last one, especially, was... especially the last one. Yeah. Oh my god! I think you watched. Were you in the room? No, it was it was Mike that was in the room when mm-hmm. he was watching Michelle and I play that the first time around when it originally mm-hmm. came out. Yeah, that's yeah, that's um, it's it, it's not easy by any means, but uh, definitely worth. Oh, playing. I'm sure we'll hear about it from you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then the other thing I was playing this week is I finally got actually started uh, Gunman Clive too. Oh yeah, so you uh, you put that up on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, it's really uh, it's actually it's fun. I mean. It, the, the the new thing is now they have 3D levels. Oh, okay. Um, and the levels are a little bit more intense. So you do the side scroller, and then I turned, uh, I jumped into a plane to like leave the level and all that, and that went into the next level, which was 3D, and you just like slide back and forth and shoot stuff in this plane, which is the new thing. So same same you know same thing, but next level, just right. more, just yeah. more, more more goodness. Yeah, yeah. thoroughly enjoying like I did the first one. So cool. And that was it. And then we all played Scream Ride. That too. That's true. So, um, go. What did you think of Scream Ride? It was awesome. I got to throw people <laughs> into things. I intentionally started with you because I—that's I, pretty much the answer I expected. Um, yeah, they're like, we're gonna put these people in this pod. You can way to in. set the bar high, man. <laughs> and like, you can whip them in the buildings. I'm like, and how often can we do this? <laughs> to, to so be clear, I. I, I think I was the one that made the suggestion that we try the demo this week it, it was. because I played it and I don't think it's the most amazing thing in the world, but I had a lot of fun playing just the demo. I just want to know how much game you can possibly get out of that, out of those two things. That's the only thing I'm concerned about for the price. So did you experiment with all three modes? I did. I did. Go did you? Uh, I didn't do the building part because okay. I only it's a demo build, and I've learned right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it it's time consuming. Like anything yeah. else, if you're gonna build well, from the ground up, yeah. I I got sucked into. I used to be a big roller coaster tycoon person, and I was like, oh no 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 no. If I'm <laughs> gonna go down that rabbit hole, I'm going to be able to save it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. funny. Yeah, I um, 
I could not get into it. At really? All. Yeah, no. Enjoy it's, it, huh? I mean, like, it was okay, but you know, I, I like if. if my problem with the game was the the you know the, the the packaging that the game was wrapped in, like the whole premise mm-hmm. of like a futuristic theme park where thrill seekers can go and like be ejected out of pods and like you know like it, it to me it was just so ridiculous it was off putting. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, Charlie, I Charlie had the uh, the the ability to name it. It would have been called Poop Your Pants. The game. <laughs> <laughs> not no, not even. <laughs> But it's like, okay, so I did the roller coaster level first and yeah. where you have to steer the coaster and sure. it was like, you know, that was okay. Um but then I did the um the uh the destruction yeah, yeah. you know, the levels and that's where it completely lost me. Really? Because it's like, okay, you know, it's cuz I've I've played kind of similar premise games before sure and, and it's just a simple matter of like um you know they, they don't put like all this like story and build up behind it like we're this theme park of the future and you know we uh you know our our thing is that you know pe- people looked at us funny when we said that we were going to build these you know create these buildings and you know just for people to destroy them it's like i don't need all this like you sure like you're, you're over explaining it like <laughs> If it was just like a simple game and like you, you know, you didn't give me like all this build up, that's fine. But then, you know, when they're talking about like these big ornate, like futuristic, like skyscrapers, like city block sized, like, you know, uh, you know arrangements of like skyscrapers. Sure. And then you have like these different modules of, you know, um, you know, of, of a pod that you can throw at them, which if that isn't enough, there's human beings in these pods, yeah, which... Are. Uh, with with one of them, you can cause the pod to like explode and like po- you know pop into like three different directions to like get more damage. When you do this, of course, the people pop out of it and they go flying and you know smack <laughs> into the whatever. But they're yeah. fine. It's like you know they're okay. I was yeah. so pissed about that. Uh, that they didn't die. No, the people. Did- <laughs> <laughs> Their damage didn't count. I'm like that uh, dude smashed into that window. Where's my ten points? To be fair, with all the exposition, it's it's a thirty nine ninety nine game. Like it's not it's not a cheap game. It's yeah. it looks like it should be like an arcade title. Yeah. It's a full mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a full fledged title. So I guess for forty bucks, they they got to give you more than. No, they An arcade don't. title no, setup. They don't. You know? Tetris cost how much when it came out? I didn't need a setup there. I just <laughs> here's the game, here's how it works, have fun. Yeah, like, fair enough. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be one of those um for like the, the not like you, you played Minecraft as a child and you've moved up to Scream Ride. But I mean, even then, Minecraft, you know, the exposition is very minimal. It's, yeah. it's, 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 uh, that's, that's the word I was looking for, John. Thank you. It's, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the setup of the world is like survive. I mean, well, like there, there isn't like a lot of story. Like mm-hmm. there, there's like, there's, there's like implied backstory, I guess. Sure. But I mean, sure. like there isn't like all this. Yeah. Um, sure. Sure. And like there were just some things that were just like so ridiculous. It's like uh, like one of the ending animations after I finished the destruction level was like you know like the the you know, the, uh, the thrill seeking uh, patrons of this 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 asinine theme park. You know <laughs> the, the 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 there was a woman who was like unconscious on her back and a dude that was laying on top of her like uh, 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 also I think unconscious like kissing her like you know doing that whole like sit you know shtick sitcom thing and then he wakes up and then it's like oh whoops sorry about that <laughs> it's like this is so incredibly stupid I think like, Charlie hates it <laughs> <laughs> and and you know it's like in fairness you know it's I, I've said before I play games for the story so mm-hmm. it's like I think I, I wonder if maybe I'm the people that all this was for sure it's like 
you know, it's, you know, they're the people who are okay. You know, they don't need story. They don't need backstory. They need explanation. They just need like, they just, you know, they just need a puzzle game and have fun with sure, it. Sure. But then there are the people who say like, no, I, you know, I, I, like me where I say like, I want a story. And so maybe I'm the, the customer that all this was designed for, which, okay, fine. But you did a really bad job. I just at didn't it. I'm connect sorry. with you at all. <laughs> I just took it as tongue in cheek. Cause it's so silly and over the top. Yeah. It just seemed like it was trying to be funny more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. It's. I mean, it's. It's. It was fun, I guess. But like I say, it's just uh, too much. The same thing with me and uh, Shadow Mordor. You're not that audience. Yeah, yeah. That 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 could be. But because uh, I had a blast shooting innocent people in the buildings. <laughs> <laughs> and I. It's funny because I'm right in the middle on betwixt you two. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was the greatest thing in the world. But I found some enjoyment in it. My big question is: is for for anybody out there that may have purchased it. How is there forty dollars worth of content in that game? Because to me, the setup for it feels mm-hmm. like while there is a lot of enjoyment that could be had from it, it's very that maybe there's not forty dollars yeah. worth of game in that game. So, and the mess up thing is, keep in mind, we're living in a sixty dollars game world. So, forty dollars game that's that's near budget title. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's considered cheap mm-hmm. for a disc game. So, yeah, because yeah. it is on disc, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Sure, yeah. I, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Xbox so. One and Xbox Three Sixty. Oh, it's 360 also. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. know. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I think I remember mentioning that last week in the releases. But uh, but yeah, so Scream Ride. Not for me, maybe for you. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to separate it into three different uh, DLCs. Or- like arcade episodic titles. content, <laughs> not even episodic. <laughs> just like you could just get the three, like you know, oh, five okay. bucks or ten bucks a piece. I'd pay ten bucks. Why to not? People. But I don't need the driving one. That was kind of dumb, and I don't need the building one because if I'm going to do that, I'm going to buy Minecraft and suck my life away. Yeah. And Capcom just did Revelations yeah. two, completed the game, and they decided to dice it up into five sections just because it's popular to sell episodically, yeah. and it's yeah. selling really mm-hmm. well. But like you know, then you could pick your your pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> So that's what we did last week in video games. Let's see what the industry did. Okay, so coming in at number five, Final Fantasy creator hates developing sequels. <laughs> I know. Oh, the irony. I'm sorry. I feel like I should let you take this one. Let's get to the, the article. <laughs> oh, there's more. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that was it. That's not it. There's more. Um, <laughs> former Final Fantasy creator and writer Hironobu Sakaguchi has gone on record this week as saying that while he never intended for Final Fantasy to grow such long legs, what he really didn't anticipate was making so many sequels to what was supposed to be his Squaresoft Swan song when right. he was younger. So he was quoted as saying, I don't like sequels. I hate them. <laughs> be pretty pretty direct and while it might seem like a bit of an abrupt statement he does clarify just how he made his distaste for sequels work for him by saying quote that's why every single final fantasy had a new cast of characters a brand new story and a different system uh so i guess if you hate making sequels maybe that's the best way to do it i mean he at least turned it to his (laughs) to his advantage the only sequel in the series that features uh, Sakaguchi-san by name is Final Fantasy X-2, though uh, it seems he was already making his departure, so it, it looks like they, they put it on as a, an obligatory credit. You know, he had to be included okay. in the credits, but he didn't really work Because he did title. 10, but he, did, he wasn't directly yeah, involved in 10 Yeah, but he didn't 10-2. do 10-2. He didn't okay. want anything really to do with it. Um, currently, he owns and operates Mistwalker Corporation and uh, says that in regards to what they're doing right now, every single game that we make, uh, we're going to give it our all, and then when we finish it, we'll end it in such a way that there is uh, no to-be-continued checklist. So, uh, kind of, kind of an interesting thing. A guy who's made his fortune on the back of 
uh, such a mammoth franchise hates sequels. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, the um the sequel machine, you could almost say. I mean, like yeah. especially especially when you count their their mobile games which you know, we've, uh, <laughs> topic we've brushed on a couple times for all, all 46 of them. Yeah. <laughs> Look, man, I would have no problem with their mobile titles if they weren't 1999. They weren't 15 and 20 dollars. Now, yeah. I've picked a couple of them up, but I got them when they were 6 bucks. Right. 7 bucks, right. 8 bucks, even 9 bucks I could see buying, you know, some of those games for. They're way overpriced, man. Yeah, it's like it's like no disrespect to the game, but I mean like we are talking about yeah, yeah, sure you may have thrown like a fresh coat of paint on it, but these are games that came out 10, 15, 20 years ago. The only I mean, ones that I didn't mind paying a little bit more for up front was recent, more recently they did the remakes of Final Fantasy 3 and 4 that were released on the DS. Okay. They did those and ported those to mobile. So you can buy those exact games, which they built from the ground up, new graphics engines for that game, for those games. They play and look great on there. So I didn't mind forking over a couple extra bucks for those, but I still bought those on sale because I'm cheap. So is... I. I Am I then getting the impression out of this out of this article that um, that that uh, that this is the main reason why each of the Final Fantasies, you know, each of the core Final Fantasy games have been completely different? That's it's what he's saying. Okay. It's because he he never intended to make a sequel. He kept having to make them. So I guess being in charge and and being, I don't know if he was forced necessarily, but being told this is the next job, make another Final Fantasy. If you hate making sequels, then I guess the closest thing to not making one is just to throw a handful of the tropes in there that everybody's familiar with, and right? Then, you know, make a new game. Yeah. And I'm glad they did it that way. Honestly, I I couldn't. Oh, imagine. I agree completely. I yeah. just it's it's just it's just funny out of context. Goat's got words. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's, he's pretty suave on that because technically he never made a sequel. Technically, he made he made all of his new games mm-hmm. and call it whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, they're all just set in the same universe. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's only yeah. that's only sequel part of it is when you title it. And even that is 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 uh, up for debate. I mean, yeah. whether or not they're in the same universe yeah, yeah, or not. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, that's true. Yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, w- that's well done, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> to his credit, though, yeah. I, I reading sort of the end of that and and having him say, you know, Miss Walker wants to make sure that everything they put out is kind of a one shot thing, and then they move on to the next project. I'm glad to hear that because there's not that many guys left in the game doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even the guys who make really original games like, you know, Hideo Kojima, it's all Metal Gear, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't see some people who want to just put out, do a one and done type thing. And I think there needs to be a li- just a little bit more of that in gaming would probably be, there'd probably be a lot more new IPs out on the market if people were taking risks and trying new yeah. things between titles. So it'd be kind of nice, actually. I miss yeah. those days. Yeah, I agree. So. As I say, even even as uh, the Metal Gear Solids, we are waiting for the what eighth installment. Well, the side, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. So the fact that he's actually making new IPs is is much better than beating the old ones down with new games. Yeah, in quotations. I have a, my brother and I have a theory on that though. With with Hideo Kojima, we both believe that. He's doing all of this to lead it back up to the original NES Metal Gear, and then he'll redo that in Graphical Splendor, and then he'll stop. That's where we think he'll leave it when he remakes the original game. Just goes around the circle, stops, yeah. and... Well, That's what I think. Wasn't 4 supposed to be the last one? Didn't he say that at one point? Or it was, yeah. That? Okay. It was so supposed it was to be three. the last one, yeah. Yeah, he, he says that after every game. Two? He says yeah, every, he's every, every, Oh, okay. Yeah, every every since, Metal Gear... Since Metal Gear Solid... Two, I think yeah. he's after that one. He said, "I'm done, no more," and then yep. he just keeps putting them out. Well, two left. Two ended on kind of a like a pretty open ending, right? Like yeah, the, yeah. that one. Well, but he was gonna 
sort of leave it to other people to do. And, oh, and he okay. said, I'm just not, I'm not yeah. doing them anymore. Okay. All right. So he he's, keeps, it's know. always been the last one for yeah. the for last. Him. So it's, it's for the last one for him to do, but yeah. not the last. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it, not. Got it, got it. Hard to say. Yeah. And uh, coming in at number four, Xbox One to have cross-buy support with Windows 10. So at GDC back in January announced uh, that among many other things that they're going to be putting out with, uh, you know, Xbox One and sort of Windows 10 support, uh, something they're calling universal platform apps or cross-buy support between those two platforms. Uh, what this means for us as consumers is, is that developers will be able to create a single version of a game that can run across all Windows devices, including Xbox One. They did say, in some cases, mobile platforms as well. Uh, in order to demonstrate how easy it would be, Microsoft said that Shovel Knight developer Yacht Club Games was able to port Shovel Knight over to Xbox One in a single day. Wow. Um, so they're, nice. they're, they're touting the simplicity of... I mean, granted, Shovel Knight is a pixel-based you know, side-scroller, so it's... It's not get crazy. I'm sure it's going to be a lot more difficult for something with with more heft in the engine. Right. But uh, they're they're saying that you know anybody who wants to um, develop cross platform for these two things, I guess they're just trying to make it more inviting for people to come over to Xbox One and, and develop for Microsoft. It's not uh, not an unsmart move uh, from where I'm sitting over here if it works right. Well, it depends because you know I haven't looked into this enough to to really understand um, w- what this entails. It's because um, I mean, like especially when you get into something like if something's developed in like Unreal, for example, um, you know, and, you know, Unreal is a, is a you know is a popular engine that a lot of people use because it's, it's capable of doing some amazing things and it's easy. Mm-hmm. To, it's I mean, relatively speaking, it's easy to develop for. But if you make something in that direction, I, what I'm wondering is. To um to be able to support this 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 cross uh this cross uh, um um compatibility in these games, sure. yeah, I wonder if there's some proprietary Microsoft stuff that you've got to that you kind of have to base the game on. To they be able haven't to do detailed that. that. They're still pretty early, I think, in figuring out some of the particulars of okay. the program. But one one thing that they did say would be um, a plus for people playing these games. And it's funny because we spent so much time last week talking about iDarb. <laughs> they said that that multiplayer um, can be played with different players on different platforms. And they used iDarb as the example to show off the feature with one player on Windows 10 and one on Xbox One. It will be cross-platform. So Windows, Windows 10 games, I mean, including, I mean, presumably games that are on Steam, you know, that, that are available on Xbox One, there will be... No, the the lines are starting to blur. You know what I mean, right? Well, they've already confirmed that you can do the cross plot on Fable Legends. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, that's well, it's they've they've they've. I know they've said it'll be available on both. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's this. If it's if it's basically buy it once and you get it in all places. Um, you know, it it might just be the what what games are now, and as much as it'll be available for both. You know, it might not. No, be No, they like, already said that you can. You'll be able to play. Like if you're on Windows and I'm on yeah, Xbox no, One. That's, oh, that's oh, you're, oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about multiplayer. <clears throat> I, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah, can play together. Cross-platform okay. multiplayer. But they are they are implying here though mm. that if you buy you know the, the some titles, and I think that's going to be left up to the developers to choose whether or not they just want to charge you once for the game on two platforms. Sure. But it certainly makes it, uh, I guess, a little bit more accessible for people who are wanting to play with their buddy on PC. Sure. You know, a lot, mm. I can tell you for a fact. Uh, Mr. Ryan on that was in here last week. We didn't even touch on that with him. He is not a fan of Steam or PC gaming. He very, very much dislikes it, actually. <laughs> but I know for a fact that if there were a cross-platform ability for him to play certain games with me on the Xbox One that I happen to already own on the PC, I'm sure he would be glad to do that. So maybe it, it invites in that option that 
somebody may not have had to play with friends otherwise. Now, we all have to keep in mind that this has been attempted once before. Um, Microsoft tried to go the whole uh, cross-platform multiplayer route. Um, The one game that um, I think there were a couple, I think there were one or two others at the time, but the one that stands out is uh, Shadowrun. Um, Mm. And uh, it was widely considered to be a failure because the PC players were wiping the floor with the console players because it's, uh, you know, it's, I, I definitely prefer playing with a controller, but I mean, like it's, it's, it's a pretty agreeable fact. It seems to be among, uh, among gamers that mouse and keyboard is, uh, is the preferred control method for, you know, for, for pros, I guess you could say. I would love to, um, to get a group of pros together though, and have them play something competitive like that, because I would be willing to bet that that's the, the old fighting game, uh, you know, joystick versus controller argument that a lot of people have. And I know I've seen people with controllers stomp, you know, people with arcade sticks into the floor and vice versa. So I think it really depends on the comfort level of the player. Because if you, if you play Ryan and I used to play a lot of first person shooters together online, we do still occasionally, a lot of times what we'll do when we get in there is we will, we will amp up the sensitivity of the, the analog sticks. Okay. You know, or the thumbsticks to, to move them around Sure. More quickly to simulate the speed that a, a mouse would give you, mm-hmm. um, and, and so I mean, I would be, I would love to actually see that. You know, it, how how those players would stand up to one another if they're skilled players, if they already know the game, right. just to kind of do a little bit of a test on it. It would be kind of interesting to watch. I think being being very comfortable with both controllers and mouse and keyboard for first person shooters, I don't necessarily. I can jump between the two on the fly with little uh, distraction in the change. I. I think I would be able to go toe to toe with a mouse and keyboard player and a first person shooter with a controller. Okay. I'm not saying that it's the better way to do it, but I think I would be able to go toe to toe. That's just my thought, my feeling. We'll see if we can ever put it to the test. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try at some point, I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, I'll, uh, I, I think I'll be, uh, returning to my couch. Fair enough. <laughs> um, they also did mention, um, you know, with this announcement that Microsoft showed up a, a new wireless adapter for the PC that will support the uh, the wireless Xbox One controllers, which is nice. Oh, okay, good. You can use them right now. They're just wired, and you have to install a driver and right. plug the cables in. So, I mean, and I've used them on PC. They work fantastic, but mm-hmm. who wouldn't prefer for it to be wireless? So, right. some uh, cool things coming down the line. Uh, Xbox One here, we'll see. Here at number three, Valve announces official Steam Machines release dates and pricing model. So this November is when Steam Machines are going to be releasing. I think a couple episodes back we had talked about, you know, you heard a lot about them, then you heard nothing at all, yep. and now where's it going? Um, so they say, they're saying November. First wave of their highly touted but rarely seen Steam Machines are coming out in November. They did not give a specific date. They just said November. Um, company has posted information and pricing on the first 15 models on Steam. I know this for a fact because I logged into Steam and it's plastered right on the front page where you can <laughs> click on it and check all that stuff out. Uh, the most affordable is the iBuy Power SBX, which will retail for $460. So that's that's their low-end model, $460. Bucks. Well, for a gaming PC, that's like if I were building a gaming PC, that's where I would start. So Sure, sure. Um, just to give you an idea of what it's got in there for the 460, you're getting uh, four gigs of RAM, 500 gigabyte hard dri- hard disk drive, and an MD Athlon X4840 graphics card. Okay, yeah, that's sounds about right for the price. Yeah, um, the Falcon Northwest Tiki Steam Machine and the Origin Omega Steam Machine are both potentially the most expensive, with the priciest versions of each going for five grand. So we're talking about a huge gap in price. Sure. I mean, they're, they're talking about 15 models, and at the low end, you're talking $460. 
all the way up to five grand. That's PC gaming, which for you. is PC <laughs> gaming, which is PC gaming. But it begs the question: Are people, if you package something to look like a console? And console gamers don't understand PC gaming. It traditionally, has always been a little bit of a gulf between console gamers and PC gamers, unless you do happen to do both. Are console gamers going to be accepting of this concept and be willing to spend the extra money on something, not fully understanding they're basically just buying a PC with a, a Linux operating system on it? So back when the um, the C machines were originally announced... Yeah. Um, my my take on the situation has not changed. So uh, to reiterate that, what I'm afraid of, and what I th- what I think is going to happen is that we are going to you're going to walk into Best Buy or whatever big you know big box electronics retailer, and you're going to come across the Steam Machine aisle, and it will be you know just uh, it will be uh, you know lined with all sorts of different models from all sorts of different manufacturers, and it's just going to be kind of a mess, frankly, for people who don't re- already know PC gaming, because it's it seems to me that. Like, there's nothing particularly special about these computers that somebody who, like, knows how to build a computer can't just do themselves. Like, yeah. like the, the, you know, the, the, you know, the big screen Steam experience that's on there and everything, you can, you know, there, it's, this is yeah. all free, this is all f- freely and widely available software. There, sure. There's nothing particularly unique about these computers, except for maybe their physical form factor. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it seems like they're trying to go after the console consumer market and say, like, you know, okay, you know, it's like, you know, the Xbox One is great and the PS4 is great, but with a PC, you can do all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. well, but the problem with is that the consumers that are buying game consoles, the reason that I would say uh, most game console buyers buy a game console is because it's virtually worry-free. Yeah. It's... you. Buy the console, you plug it in, and it just works. You don't have to worry about driver updates. You don't have to worry about like you know installing an antivirus. You don't have to worry about like all the you know all the all the you know dozens of layers of a complexity that a full fledged PC, Linux, or Windows or whatever it doesn't matter um, that all that adds to the formula. And so when you know when when Bobby is asking mommy and daddy for Christmas, mommy, I, I, I want a steam machine for Christmas. Okay, and then they walk in the store and they say, I want a steam machine. Okay, here are fifteen different options. Yeah, that parent is going to be like, "Whoa, what?" Like they're, it's, it's, yeah. they're, they're, they're taking something that is, that is inherently complex and trying to simplify it by putting it in a pretty box, but they're not taking away any of the complexity. Yeah. If I were doing this, I would have simply made it so that okay, fine, they have a couple C machines, but then they have like two, three at the absolute most four models. And then that's it. I think three would have been a sweet spot. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Easily because Good, I, better best. Yeah. Done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give three options, the low, the medium and the high, which is something that resonates with people, which is already right. you're giving people more options than they typically get out of an individual console. Sure. Other than what fucking color do you want it to be? Right. And I mean, I guess the only other upside to it is, is that they're, they're taking the guts of the PC and cramming them into a smaller box than you would normally have to carry a tower around. So I understand that too. Uh, but, but I just, I want this to work because Valve typically does kind of emit quality sure. with most things that they do. I'm rooting for them, but I'm a little bit concerned with the way that they've put this together. Um, you know, November in the world of, of marketing and advertising is not a long time. Right. And even though people in the gaming world know what this is, people outside of, of the bubble that we operate in may not necessarily understand what this is. And I'm not, I'm not terribly convinced that between now and November is enough time for them to do 
to market this properly. Valve, you are talking to customers who took two years to understand what the hell the Wii U is. (laughs) (laughs) So that's fucking Nintendo's fault, though, half of it. It is, but it it is Nintendo's fault for not marketing that properly, but just take that and make it literally 12 times as complex as trying to get somebody somebody who doesn't understand computers to understand what the hell all these 15 different options are and how they're different and this one has this much RAM and this one has this graphics card and blah 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 I I just want the Steam box well that's not really a thing yeah I think the better analogy there is the fact that they're trying to package a PC Mm -hmm. for like your level or or a little bit lower To someone who, until they bought their Steam box, their only computer was their iPad 3. Uh, I, I I get what you're saying. The problem is, is that... F- because the- 95% of the people go in, they're like, I want a gaming system. Green or blue. Perfect. We're out the door. Plug it in. Go on. These people aren't using computers anymore. They're using their smartphones. They're using their tablets. Like yeah. The home PC is almost... Gone, but I don't. I don't think those <clears throat> people are going to want a gaming PC. Is the thing. I think they're going to be happy on their consoles. Exactly. And but that's what they're trying to to give them. Right. And I mean, the other side of it too is that you know, okay, you know, I've been talking about the the non computer literate consumer, mm-hmm. the con- com- the computer literate consumer like myself. I would just never buy, buy a computer. <laughs> well. It, well, <laughs> no. I mean, like now, maybe I'm in my 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 tech bubble when mm-hmm. I say this, but. I don't buy computers. I buy parts. Exactly. And you build them. <laughs> and yeah, I build yeah. them myself. Even even as a middleweight. Like, I prefer my consoles because I turn them on and it goes, update. Yeah, go ahead. Do your thing. I don't PC game because I'm like, oh, sweet. Now I have to go buy a new video card and tear it open and put it in and do this and do that. If I wanted to buy a computer, I'd buy a computer. Not a flat one that sits on my, on my shelf. Like, yeah. I, I'd, I'd almost buy a touchscreen computer. Before I bought a Steam box. Which is the thing, too, because these are all, like, like you know, in small form factor, these are all non-proprietary parts. So, if like, if your video yeah. card goes out... It's custom. You can't just go replace it with one off the store shelf, well, I, I presume. If I if I recall correctly, one of the selling points of the Steam machines, which they have not been great about touting, okay. as far as I'm concerned, early on, they were saying that what they wanted to do was create a box that made changing out parts or upgrading parts easy. So okay. part of what they're saying is, is you could buy you could buy the entry level unit for four hundred and sixty dollars, and let's say you decide you want a better video card, you can buy a compatible video card for it and change that out yourself. But it'll probably it, it'll probably be like a special like one for like Steam machines. See that I don't know that okay. that's what I'm saying. They haven't they've been vague about a lot of this okay. stuff. So Even I'm, then, no, <laughs> the people you're selling these to that's like saying, hey, you can change out your alternator because sure. you own a car. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. I was gonna, I was gonna argue the uh, levels of complexity there, but no, I'll actually go ahead and accept that. Like it's <laughs> an easy task to pull a video card for what would you say, fifty five percent of the world of the world or yeah. whatever of people in the in the probably in... much less than that. <laughs> okay, okay, but, but for probably people, like people 10 in our or world, twelve yeah. percent. All right, for people in like our world. Like the, 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 the techie world. Our audience. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I would say roughly half of our audience probably okay. could handle replacing a video card. Yes. yes. Yeah. But, but half the, the people... question is, for $460, is anybody going to want to? No. When, when they could buy another one of the other home consoles that doesn't do this. One, it's cheaper. Have to as, a, as a parent, I'm going to take both sides of this. As a parent, no. Because <laughs> that black box over there is 100 bucks cheaper. 
Yeah. And, and it has this whole section. Free. Not even that. Not even yeah. that as a parent. And it has this whole section over here with the same name on it. Yeah. With the games yeah. and all that. Yep. Or the green one. There's a aisle with all the green stuff. Yep. For now, cheaper. As a tech guy who knows what's going on, no. Because I already built a computer yeah. seven times over. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you also have to keep in mind that, that one of the things that would be nice about this, if it mm. works properly, is if you're getting... If you're getting this, it's, it's going to operate with Steam on it. Mm-hmm. You can take your entire game library. You don't ever have to carry a game with you again. All you have to do is take a little box with you anywhere you go, and as long as it's installed or you have the internet, you've got your entire library at your fingertips. Well, now, there's the other thing. is because <laughs> this is running Linux, it's only the Steam games that are compatible with Linux, yeah. which is not all of them. Steam OS. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's the other thing that's that it's going to be hard for people to understand. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, the Steam box or so Steam. I can go on Steam and buy anything. Well, no, you could buy only the things that are compatible Wait, with Linux. Hold on. hold on. It's got Linux on it? It runs it runs a, a custom version of Linux. Sweet. Yes. There's like 13 people in the universe who even know what the fuck Linux is. <laughs> that you're selling this and to. And it's, it's all people that are closer to like Charlie's you're selling this the, to. I think it's a little higher than that. But that okay. you're selling this to? Okay. All right. Fair enough. So basically, we've we've pinned the audience, Steam. We've got you. I got it, Valve. You have made the greatest compact gaming computer for that .001% of computer science degrees who need a little extra space in their dorm room. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, Steam has come up with the ultimate uh, gaming console for the IT crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll just include them with MIT uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, scholarships and then we'll there just be good. Yeah. <laughs> they'll pack them in. <laughs> Let's you get something else for paying for the education. Yeah. Um, they they also did with with this whole thing that they they started talking about this week. They uh, they showed off the newest version of their crazy ass looking controller too. Uh, it's not good. The trackpad controller and mm-hmm. it, it now has an analog stick on it. Well, they're uh, they're 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 pulling an Xbox One with this thing, aren't they? They are a little bit, <laughs> um, and it's not even in a weird. It's a, it's in the stupidest place. It's in a strange place. It's not oh. quite. It's just left of the center, barely. Yeah. It's really oddly placed. I don't think it's the final controller, but they're, I think they were trying to display to people that there has been mm. progress and growth. I, I, I was, you know, with the with the initial design with the big convex, um, you know, like, you know, dish-sized, like, you know, touchpads and everything, I was actually I, I, you know, holding out hope that that could be interesting. They are still there. Those okay. are still on there. Okay. The mm-hmm. left and right side, it's just that now there's a thumbstick and a couple of other face buttons on there, too. Okay, all right. So, I mean, it seems like they're Given you the and or very interested in the controller so for sure. um, between the controller and like the oculus rift i'm i mean not that that's steam i'm just saying like you know some you know those sure. two things put together could be uh could be an interesting combination yeah yeah well, i guess we're gonna find out pretty soon there are a couple write-ups floating around out there people are talking about some hands-on time for the controller so okay. if you guys take the time to look around for that online you can find a little bit more information about the controller most people seem to think it was fairly comfortable okay. a couple of people thought that the thumbstick was in a weird place <laughs> <laughs> So, and it, it looks like it's in a weird place if yeah. you're used to playing a certain way. I know people, my brother's one of these people. I know people who can't, who can't, are so used to playing with the controllers uh, that they're used to playing with that they can't adjust to something new. My brother likes the way that a, an Xbox One controller feels, but, and I, this would never in my mind chart, he cannot play it for long because the off-center thumbsticks... Mm. 
PlayStation thumbsticks are side by side. Right. Off-center thumbsticks on the Xbox controllers, fuck him up. He can't play on them. It, really? He says it actually affects his playing. Huh. I can back and forth between the two. Never thought about it in a million yeah. years. I didn't even realize they were off-center yeah. until he said that. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, they are. Okay. You know, so I guess it just depends on what it is, but... Um, so, so he it, threw his GameCube controller right out the window then. <laughs> I, I watched him twitch and he started frothing from the mouth. Went cross-eyed. It wasn't good. The only problem I have switching back and forth to controllers when they say press X. Yes. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm pressing X. And it's Forever. Like, <laughs> whenever my brother, whenever he does play on the mm-hmm. Xbox One controller, or the, even mm-hmm. on the 360 controllers, whenever he and I would be doing something, because mm-hmm. he did like a few games that were on it, but he just, there wasn't enough on there from the one of My brother's always been a PlayStation guy. I'll play anything. I don't care. But he would be playing, and a quick time event would come up, and I'd go, Square. I would just call it out to him, <laughs> because he would, it would be X, and yeah. he's no <laughs> fucking idea. And as long as I called him out, and mm-hmm. I didn't refer to him as bumpers, I'd mm-hmm. say, you know, L2, R2, L1, R2. You know, as long as I called it out that way, no problem. He kept up no problem. So I had to, I had to translate. No, that, that's <laughs> from a, my brother. Yeah, that's a very real thing. You can tell which side of the fence they're on mm-hmm. by if if you say press X, where they go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's true. Because yep. me all the time, I'm like press X. I'm like I am, yeah. I am, and 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 I'll be like, oh, that's square. That's. Yes. <laughs> yep. Kind of interesting. I guess you don't think about it, but everybody's yeah. kind of got their preferences for controllers like that. Mm. All right, coming in at number two, Unreal 4 and Source 2 engines announced. Both insist they're really, really free. As opposed to only kind of free? like <laughs> Only kind of free. Well, I don't care what you say. It's There's a t- always a caveat. <laughs> sort of. Okay. So uh, Unreal 4 and Source 2 have been announced, and both of their respective companies claim that they're free for anyone to develop on. Sort of. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say sort of a lot during this, this okay. story. All right. Um, they're both choosing to go about how they're going to put this out to people in very different ways. I can kind of see both sides of it. Uh, this is kind of interesting because we're trying some new things here. There's some new uh, models coming down the pipeline for this sort of stuff. Uh, for Unreal, revenue is going to be generated based on a sink or swim sort of business model. So when developers ship a product developed in Unreal Engine 4, they'll pay 5% of the revenue they make after the first $3,000 per quarter to Epic. Okay. So if a dev makes a game but it only grosses 2900 bucks in a quarter, that dev doesn't have to pay Epic a cent. Not oh. a dime. I, I like this model. I like this. If the game makes 13000 they'd owe 5% of that, uh, of 10000 after the first 3000 So for 500 bucks in this example, okay? Sure. So you can you can make a profit on your game as long as you keep it <laughs> reasonable quarterly, not have to pay them anything. But you know if you make if you're making a tri- a AAA title and you're you know using sure. engine of course and which so many hits of, I mean I could I don't even know if I could count how many like big names were developed on the uh, Unreal Three engine. And oh sure, you know it's insane. Um, Valve on the other hand is taking a little bit of a different approach to it. Uh, they insist that if you're if you're going to use Source 2, the only thing that you have to do is put the game out on Steam. You can put it on, in addition to whatever platform oh, you're putting it, it out okay, on. Okay, so not but exclusively it has to, on yeah, Steam. Okay. Not exclusively, but here's the, here's the genius thing about it. So, typically, uh, standard sort of agreement to have your game featured on Steam is, is that Valve takes 30% of your revenue. Sure. Whatever you put on there. Okay. So, whatever platforms you're making money on, great. You get to keep all your money over here. But let's say you're making a huge game for free on Source 2 engine, which Source 2 is probably, or Source was probably one of the uh, other engines you could name a million games that were made on in the last generation here. 
they're still going to get 30% of your revenue. So they're basically, what they're wedging this against is that so many games that are developed on Unreal get put on Steam anyways. So you, you may lose a chunk of your revenue to Epic if you develop on the Unreal Engine, and you'll still lose 30% to, Steam, to Valve on Steam. Oh. So they're kind of, they're, they're yeah. banking on that. Maybe you'll want to cut that, that other chunk of money out if you know you're developing a bigger game and just cut the middleman out and go straight to Source 2 and develop and put it out on Steam. Save yourself that extra money that goes to Epic. Wow, that's, so yeah. that's, that's some ingenious titling on their part. I mean, they're yeah. they're getting they're getting gritty, man. This yeah. is kind of neat, interesting to sort of see what what's coming. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that the thirty that the thirty percent take is pretty standard across app stores and yeah. distribution platforms mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I think um, uh, I, I'm almost certain that like uh, the Apple App Store on on iOS, uh, you know, iPhone, iPad, uh, Google Play. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure even the Xbox Live. I think thirty percent is. Uh, pretty close to or exactly what they all yeah and i'm pretty pretty sure that almost all of them got their business model from steam anyways because valve's been doing it for so long now but it's uh i really am curious to see what sort of stories come out of this as the ball starts rolling with these now the other thing that makes me super excited about this is that uh if they're talking about source engine 2 this guy gotta start talking about half-life 3 Got Half-Life 3, Left 4 Dead 3. I don't care. Give me any of the threes. Coming in at number one this week, EA closes Legendary Sims, SimCity, and Spore developer Maxis. So, here we go again. EA is uh, chopping heads, rolling right off the block. Um, Another famed developer down, Maxis Emery. This is a particular office that they closed. Uh, They released a statement regarding the reorganization saying, Today we are consolidating Maxis IP development to our studios in Redwood Shores, Salt Lake City, Helsinki, and Melbourne locations as we close our Emeryville location. Maxis continues to support and develop new experiences for current Sims and SimCity players while uh, expanding our franchises to new platforms and developing new cross-platform IPs. Uh, these changes do not impact our plans for The Sims. Players will continue to see rich new experiences in The Sims 4 with our first expansion pack coming soon, along with a full slate of additional updates and content in the pipeline. So all employees impacted by the changes uh, will be given opportunities to explore their positions uh, through EA. I guess they're they're counseling some of these people on what to do or where they're going to be going or going to be reassigning them to. So um, they're, they're saying the staff is in consultation with EA right now. Um, EA is kind of saying that they're consolidating Maxis's IP develop IP developments to, you know, other portions of Electronic Arts. You know, so it uh, in one way kind of the end of an era. You know, so a lot of people played these games, even though the launch of of SimCity most recently was disastrous. Did not go very well at all. You know, it, yeah. the, the amount of legendary titles that they put out, uh, pretty big stuff. Sad times. Um, in no particular order, um, Kotaku was kind enough and also depressingly enough uh, put together a <laughs> list, a list of studios that uh, that EA has acquired and oh. shuttered. Uh, prepare to be depressed, uh, people. Um, so, of course, uh, Maxis is the most recent uh, responsible for SimCity. Um, Mythic, re- responsible for, uh, example, Dark Age of Camelot, was purchased by EA in 2006, shut down in 2014 last year. Bullfrog, remember those guys? Uh, made the original Syndicate and Dungeon Keeper games, uh, purchased by EA in 1995, shut down in 2001. Origin, uh, apparently they're reusing the name for their, their shitty online service. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, original developers of uh, Ultima and Wing Commander, uh, purchased by EA in '92, shut down in 2004. 
Uh, Westwood, uh, the original Command and Conquer developers, purchased by EA in 1998, shut down in 2003. DreamWorks Interactive slash Danger Close slash EA Los Angeles, uh, the old uh, developers of Medal of Honor, purchased by EA in 2000, shut down in 2013. Uh, Phenomic. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, they made uh, Spellforce and Battleforge, uh, purchased by EA in 2006, shut down in 2013. Uh, Black Box Games made uh, old Need for Speed games and Skate, purchased by EA in 2002, shut down in 2013. Uh, Pandemic, maker of the Saboteur, for example, put down uh, purchased by EA in 2008, shut down in 2009. That didn't take long. Uh, it was heartbreaking. Playfish. Um, uh, maker of the Sims Social and also um, online uh, retailer of a whole bunch of like you know casual games like that uh, purchased by EA in 2009 shut down in 2013 and uh, new FX uh, old developers of NBA Street uh, purchased by EA in 2004 shut down in 2007 there's some big names on that list man I did not Huge realize names. that EA yeah. had murdered all those game companies yeah yeah it seems like their strategy is to buy them let them slip into obscurity so people forget about them and then demolish them so that they don't they're not a thing anymore yeah to be fair um some of ea's acquisitions that are doing just fine are like dyson bioware so it's not that they, <laughs> it's not that they do that with everybody uh, but, that's because um, dyson bioware are able to make good enough games that don't hinge on ea's success without them that's very true yeah uh, well it's definitely the end of an era best of luck to all those folks man i hope they find uh you know better placement in the future going forward, hopefully Well, if they're, they're not working at EA, it'll almost certainly be better. Woo! So there's that. <laughs> Fair enough. That's going to do it this week for news. So in last week's episode in the top five, we mentioned that uh, the new Namco uh, Pac-Man restaurant, level 257, had opened up over at uh, the Woodfield Mall in Schaumburg, Illinois. And uh, after talking about it, we realized we had some questions and we wanted to find out some more about it. So we went down there, we, uh, we had some food and we drank some beverages and we played some games. And uh, But before we get to that, we were fortunate enough to be able to get some of Mr. David Bishop's time, who is at Namco. He's the executive vice president and strategic project development, who was kind enough to answer some of our questions about level 257. So here's what he had to say okay so we're here with mr david bishop the executive vice president of namco usa welcome to the show david all right thanks john so last week we talked a bit about level 257 on our show and it being a great new thing for chicagoland so why don't you give our listeners a little bit of an idea of where the idea for level 257 came from and how it started out well i mean it goes back to uh almost five years ago uh, this summer so we've been working on this project and talking about it for a long time and it really came down to discussions about what we saw as the future of out-of-home entertainment. So at Namco Entertainment, Inc., we're really responsible for um, doing things outside the home. And, and at one point, we owned most of the mall arcades in America. And as we looked at what we were doing today and what we thought entertainment was going in the future, we started uh, realizing that what we wanted to do was speak to a much broader audience rather than just games, gamers ourselves. I think you guys probably talked on this about this before, we all know that games are fun. We all know that we have a great time playing games, but we wanted to try to do something with people who don't necessarily play games and don't know how much fun it is to play games. Sure, we sure. wanted to attract a, a broader audience. We knew we wanted to do something that was uh, a much longer-term product that would be attracted to people in a lot of different ways. And we really came down to the point that it's not just about any one particular entertainment element. It's really about helping people socialize. Um, and so the whole concept of Level 257 is us becoming social grease and, and, and finding a, a vehicle that people can come out and have a great time 
and socialize with each other and, and, and of whatever form that takes. And that's where we came up with Level 257 is it really begins with getting people to come out that wouldn't normally bowl or wouldn't normally play games, but they do go out and eat. And so this is how we start the attraction. And, and they come out and can have a great meal and you can have a great bottle of wine. And, and then suddenly we can get you to stay a little bit longer and try to play a few games and then try to roll the bowling ball and, and just spend some quality time having fun. Yeah, of course. It's a very unique concept, and it's not something you see every day in the world of gaming, especially in the form of a restaurant. It's a great idea. Uh, what was it, I'm curious, that made you all reach out to the Chicago land area? What was it about the Woodfield Mall that made you feel like that would be the right home for Level 257? Um, okay, first and foremost, I mean, we're based, our company is based here in Wooddale, Illinois, very eight miles from Schaumburg. So it was Great. really, uh, we wanted to find something in the Chicago land area because we've prototyped in other parts of the country before, and we knew this was going to be uh, such an important concept for us that we, we wanted to be able to touch it and live with it every day. So it was really important we do it in Chicago for that reason. Schaumburg, you know, we spent, I spent the best part of a year looking for real estate in the Chicago land area. And because of the size of the concept, we needed over 40,000 square feet. We needed a massive parking field so we could get lots of cars in, into the area. Um, and Woodfield had enough population density and um, enough people and enough businesses that, and people, and frankly, in, an, in the economic spectrum that we were looking for that would really, really do well, I thought, in this area, and it was very close to our office, so it was easy for us to work with. That's great. Well, regardless of your reasons, everyone in Chicago land wins, that's for sure. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about some of the dishes offered at the restaurant, what everyone can expect when they visit the restaurant? First, it's all fresh. It's all chef-prepared, um, nothing frozen. It's a from-scratch kitchen. Um, so we've really gone for a premium quality experience, and that, that's throughout the facility. That's what we're really trying to accomplish. But the food is going to be, I think, different than what people are expecting. I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, Namco games, oh, Chuck E. Cheese on steroids, or, or, or <laughs> Chain and Busters or something like that. And, and we've tried to go back, and I'm hoping that we really surprise a lot of people when they uh, when they come into the facility. I think we have so far, but the food is terrific. It's really kind of an American fusion. We're trying lots of different things, um, but it's a broad range. You can have uh, sandwiches or salads or pastas or flatbreads and pizzas, uh, uh, all the way up to some nice seared trout or, uh, you know, sea scallops or, or nice uh, filet mignon. A little something for everybody, it sounds like. Yeah. We also heard that you all are going to have a really great craft beer selection, which is something you don't see as often outside of Chicago proper. That's pretty exciting. You know, we're, we're having a lot of fun with, with, with food and with drink, and, and that's part of the social experience, and so we knew that. So I, we love having great bottles of wine. We have a pretty extensive wine collection. We have a pretty extensive uh, collection of taps. We have 36 taps. Right now, we've only got 24 different beers on taps, we're, and we've got two different bars. So we've got 24 and then replicating 12 in, a, in what we call the pack bar, the satellite bar. And there's actually a giant Pac-Man Battle Royale game right next to the bar. So it's actually kind of cool. So it's a fun, almost sports bar feel, except it's got a giant Battle Royale game there. Uh, but, wow, yeah, we love craft beer. We love experimenting with it. Fantastic. Uh, you mentioned that people could bowl at the restaurant. What other forms of entertainment do you all offer aside from good food and drinks there? Um Bowling, very casual bowling. We we basically design bowling for people who don't necessarily bowl that often. Uh, it's a very casual bowling. Even the scoring is different. It's it's basically your name and your score. And 
you know, if you, do you really want the rest of the detail? If you do, you can go up and touch the score display, and we'll give you the 10 frames of, of details if you want to go back and really check all the scoring and see what you did in each frame. But the theory is kind of like, look, we're just having a good time. It's a bunch of friends. We're having a bottle of wine and a nice pizza, and let's just roll the ball. I'm winning. You're not. Have another beer. I mean, it's, it's okay. <laughs> kind of the same attitude with the games. It's like we did games for people who don't necessarily know that games are awesome. And that's what we're trying to get across. If I can get just a few people to play games that don't normally play games and think, oh, that's for kids or, or that's too intimidating because there's too many buttons and joysticks, we've tried to set this up so that we can get people to try it. And, and there's a lot of oh, classic legacy stuff there from 30 and 40 years ago that we've restored to like new, and that's the important distinction. So I've got an asteroid or lunar land or, or Kubrick, and they've all been restored to like they came out of the box from the factory within the last week, all the way up to some showcasing some of the newest games that we have coming off the assembly line, like uh, Dark Escape, which is actually a great two-player game, uh, Mock Storm, which is a great, uh, if you haven't played it, it's awesome. It's a, you got a hemispherical screen, so you're like sitting inside half a ping-pong ball, air combat simulator, really, really neat effect. Um, so we're, we're kind of, and we call the whole game area Lost and Found just for that reason. So there's a lot of old classic stuff that you can kind of remember re- remember what it was like back in the early 80s, and then there's some really cool new stuff. So we're trying to bridge the gap to see what we're doing today, but hopefully get you started with some of the things you remember that you kind of grew up with. Again, it seems like you guys have a little bit of something for everyone. I'm curious, are you guys going to be hosting any other special events at the restaurant as things unfold moving forward? Um, Yes. Um, If I'm answering the question correctly, according to how you say special events, but uh, so we actually have a big event space here. So we've got a 4,000 square foot space that's set aside just for events and parties. Wow. Uh, whether, whether it's, if, if you want to do a banquet, a wedding reception for 300 people, um, if you want to do a corporate meeting, if you want to do uh, a, a party or uh, an anniversary event or, or we actually got this, I'm sitting in a great room right now that I wish I could send you a picture of. It's really cool if you come out and see it. But we actually have part of the floor in that area that we can partition off, and the floor elevates into the, like, stadium seating. And we have nice, big, oh, nice wow. seats you can sit back with an 84-inch LED display on the wall that actually was meant to do PowerPoints. But then I'm sitting here, it's like, wow, this would be great to watch, you know, uh, fantasy football draft on or something. It would be really kind of awesome. Everybody's got a big plush seat, and you've got a little swivel desk that comes out. So it's great for business presentations, but you can have a lot of cool sporting events in here, too. So we kind of built this just so we could do lots of parties and events, a lot of corporations around Schaumburg. I mean, the, the business applications alone are, are huge. But we're good. We, we've built ourselves to be able to do that. And then, obviously, we're going to be doing some things that, you know, we've built ourselves to be really kind of casual. So if, you, if all you do is come in and have a great meal and a great bottle of wine or some really terrific, you got to sample some terrific draft beer and you enjoyed it and you go home the next day and you talk about it, that's great. If you want to lift up the hood, though, and look a little bit at the at the nerd factor, we've got a lot of that going on, too. So Pac-Man's birthday is coming up. His 35th birthday is coming up uh, this May, May 22nd. And uh, there's definitely there's definitely going to be a Pac-Man birthday party here on the 22nd of May, <laughs> 22nd, 23rd. Be a massive event. Watch out for it. You guys have got to be here. Great. Sounds fantastic. Um, based on everything you're telling me, it sounds like level 257 will be the place to be for people who are very into gaming or we're just looking for something new and exciting to try out. Sounds like you guys have really put something exciting together. 
Is there anywhere people can reach out to learn more about Level 257 if they're wanting to check out the menu or keep up with any future events at the restaurant uh, that might that might be coming up in the future? Yeah, you can definitely hit the website at level257.com. Um, all strung together, L-E-V-E-L-257.com. And I think you can see the menu there, get a feel for the types of foods you have. And we tried to do a lot of things that were very, on the foods particularly, that were very social. Um, the, the biggest surprise, I think, on the menu for a lot of people is the sushi. I actually didn't want to do sushi when we started this because I felt like it's so easy and so common to do sushi badly. Um, and our sushi chef is amazing. There's some really uh, fusion stuff with sushi. And it's very social. You know, we can share. We can get a plate. We can share it. We can do it while we're bowling. You can do it while you're playing games. We serve throughout the facility. If you want to have a full dinner in the Lost and Found Game Lounge, we can serve you there. You can eat on the bowling lanes. You can eat pretty much anywhere. So but if you hit the website, you can see the menus. You can get uh, pictures to get a little bit of flavor of what we're doing. And um, I think when you get out here, the trick is to find all the little very subtle homages to uh, to, to Pac-Man and to the history of game development at Namco. So, And we're still developing. We haven't even finished building the facility yet. This is our first week of operation. We're still decorating it out, but we're starting to insert a lot of those little fun what we call the hidden Pac-Man, uh, the places that, that refer to Pac-Man that not everyone's going to see. Uh, fantastic. Well, I can tell you when Gamerhead Radio comes in there to visit, we're going to be keeping an eye out to see if we can find some of those hidden spots, and uh, maybe we can bring some of our listeners in with us to show them a good time. Yeah, that'll be awesome. You guys look me up when you get here. I'm, I'm usually around. Sounds great. Well, David, I wanted to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to tell our listeners about Level 257, and we really look forward to hearing from you again in the future. Well, super, Jonathan. Thanks. Thank you very much. Uh, I think I kind of like that guy. Yeah, that uh, seemed like it went pretty well for you. Yeah, and no, it was a lot of fun. You know, I, I, like I said, I really appreciated him taking time out of his data. To it's not every day you get uh, somebody from Namco that wants to sit down and talk with you, so it was really uh, appreciated for him to do that. Uh, but we we were able to go in there and actually for ourselves test out a lot of the things that he was talking about in the interview with me and uh, get some hands-on time with it. We ate some of the food, drank some of the drinks, played some of the games. Uh, what'd you guys think? Um, it's it's worth saying. That you know they that they are in soft open right now, so they're you yes. know they're they're in the period that every restaurant, pretty much every business goes through when you know they've they've just opened their doors to the public and they're letting people come in and they're they're figuring out things as they go. So that's a caveat on top of everything that we're going to say here. I would say overall the experience was very positive. Um, by far the nicest and most helpful and friendliest staff I've ever encountered anywhere ever. Yeah, they were fantastic. Yeah, um, you know the uh, you know the, the the food was you know overall very good. Um, you know the uh, the the beer. You know, obviously, I'm interested in the craft beer selection. All the beers that they had that uh, <laughs> that that were not out that I wanted were very good. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I've I seem to have come away with the nickname Miller Light, which is definitely not how I wanted that situation to end. <laughs> that was amazing. So so uh, as far as as far as what we actually got to enjoy, everybody everybody got something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie, what did you have? Um, so I got a um, I got a uh, it was a turkey sandwich. Um, they had, uh, had like a sriracha and like a uh, like, like slaw on it, and then um, you know just like their fries. You know, I think we all pretty much got the fries with as our side. Sure. Um, sandwich was good. Um, just for whatever reason, I expected it to be warm, but it was cold. But you know, once I got over that, it was good. Um, you know, try to. Uh, I think we all had a couple different beers that they had on tap, and and um, you know, it's a pretty good selection. And uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I was I, overall I was pleased. I, I ended up getting um, what they call the double dot. 
cheeseburger. It's basically two patties, and then they they put fairly standard stuff on it. But I I typically when I'm trying a burger for the first time, don't really get I have them take everything off of it except for maybe just cheese because I want to taste the burger for the most part, and the cheese is my little flavor for it. Mm-hmm. It was really good, man. It was a, a really good burger. the The bun was really soft and fresh. Um, it had a really buttery taste to it, so I really enjoyed that a lot. I would definitely get the burger again. Um, they cooked it perfectly to how I specified. Um, the fries were good. They were seasoned well. Um, you know, that I, I played it pretty safe on this first trip out. I do want to try some other things on the menu. Um, and I, I also got uh, a, a couple of beers. You know, I tried uh, Antihero. Anybody that knows me is, is right. a V is for Villains <laughs> member. You know, I typically drink Antihero just as a joke, but I actually really <laughs> like it. Uh, and then, uh, um, mega, mega milk, you yeah. know, tried that as a milk stout. It was really good uh, yeah. on tap from arcade. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Great, man. So, uh, I, I enjoyed my food. Uh, goat, what did you get? Uh, what did I get? I got the pulled pork sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the softest pulled pork sandwich I've had in my life. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, uh, you know, the, you know, I, I mentioned before how helpful the staff was. Um, we were fortunate enough to, uh, um, to uh, get their basically their 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 server training manager, and so he uh, he had a lot of knowledge about um you know about the restaurant and everything. He mentioned that a lot of their chefs came up from Kentucky, so that explains the pulled pork background. <laughs> sure, sure. So, Kennedy um, was his name. Really mm-hmm. nice guy. Took yeah, good care of yeah, us there. Mm-hmm. yeah. He was uh he was very very good. He was kind enough to kind of uh, show us around and show us. Uh, they have this awesome like conference room. Oh man, with these crazy. like with these like you know I know um. I know uh, uh, David was talking about it in the interview, but they have like, you know, just to reiterate, it's like they have these like giant plush chairs um, with, uh, you know, like the leather chairs and like this giant, I think he said it was like 84 inches, like giant screen, which is also like a whiteboard. So you can like be drawn on it and stuff. And I'm just like, it's crazy. And then like the chairs have drink holders in them. It's almost like, like stadium seating and they have, they have USB chargers (laughs) in the chairs and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. And you can rent this room out and do whatever you want with it. You know, we talked about some of the possibilities for it and and asked Kennedy very kindly you know what 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 sort of applications would you have for this room and he gave us a list of things that you could do and it was really cool man and neat neat enough and David mentions it briefly in the interview but you can um there, you can collapse the the stadium seating the floor it looks like something you could break down you know sort of manually they were telling us that it's it's all uh, uh motorized hydraulics. you literally yeah. just it closes and flattens down into the floor man yep. it's crazy so i mean like they Really seem to have spared no expense with this facility. It's that's the other thing too. If we could talk about it, the the atmosphere in there is great. It's oh, a yeah. beautiful, beautiful room. I mean, it, it's really classy and very nice. You know. Yep. And this is where the two hosts get the point and laugh at the guy who gets to crawl back into his hole from last week. No, it's you know, it's you know, none of us in this room are fortune tellers. <laughs> so, you know, this this is this is a very 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 very. Slap in the face moment where you, you don't judge a book by its cover. I went in there and yeah. I was like, eh, blah, blah, blah. and it's, I mean, it's not for like per se gamers. It is for, it's a, it, and they, they explain it. We heard it all night. It is a restaurant that's the restaurant first. Yeah. It's a restaurant. Yeah. It's a game themed restaurant first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the games and all that stuff are part of the theme. And it is, they, it was exquisitely done. Yeah, the uh, the uh, whoever they got to do like their interior design and everything. I mean, just like the you know, it's there's there's stuff to look at everywhere, but it's not like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's sure, um, sure. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's just the way that everything is laid out and um, 
you know, it, it's all on it's all on one floor, I believe. There's, you know, yeah. like when you come in, there's like a gift shop to the left, and then you go up the stairs to where everything else is. Mm-hmm. And there's like bowling alleys on like both sides of the restaurant, and then you know the the the, the two bars, and then the arcade is, uh, you know, the bulk of the arcade. Like the new stuff is in one area. Like the retro arcade cabinets are kind of outside in a different area. Then the pinball stuff is all is like on a different side. So it's spread out so that, um, you know, it's uh, it's not like you have all the arcade in one spot, so everybody's all congregating there and something. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the way that everything is just laid out. It's 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 very well done. I was very impressed. Yeah. I did like um, I think it was John who said it. His analogy of it was uh, the video gaming yacht club. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like yeah. this really. It's like a really nice place yeah. for people who do enjoy games to get to go and enjoy games. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I'd also like to mention I love the fact that you can <clears throat> eat and drink anywhere in the in the yeah. facility. Yep, that's yep. true. If you yep. if you want to go play ten frames and get a burger and a beer, yep, they'll bring it to yeah. you at your lane. Yep. And they, they have these really nice, um, like let's say you've got a larger group with you and you want something that's a little more relaxed. They had these uh, right near the bowling alleys, these, uh, I don't know, you call them, I guess maybe booths, but they're round and they're big and they're elevated and they're very, look very comfortable. Like, literally with chandeliers hanging above yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's really like, nice, yeah. you know. It's, um, and they're right next to the windows, which they explained are like a garage door, mm-hmm. like shutter doors that they'll be able to open up in the summertime yeah. to get some like fresh air in there and that's going to be mm-hmm. really cool. Um, you know, th- there's so- a little something for everybody. I kept saying that all evening. The mm-hmm. arcade, even the arcade selections. Um I, 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 the only concern I had with the arcade portion of it is, is we went when it was a relatively slow portion of the evening on a Sunday. I'm a little concerned that on Friday and Saturday, if it's just crazy packed in there, that maybe there might be a little bit of line to wait because the selection of games that they have great selection, great uh, um, amount of like different things. They had a fighting game. They had some racing games. They had they had the Mario Kart four player Mario Kart arcade cabinet that they were developed. Yeah. And the Nintendo and Namco developed together, and that was mm. crazy fun. Yep. Um, but if there's a ton of people in there, you may have to wait a little bit to play a game. I'm a little concerned about that. But that also goes back to restaurant first. <clears throat> yeah, of course. Yeah, and it's like going along with that. Um, you know, we uh, uh, we also um, got to interact a bit with uh, uh, Bobby, I believe his name yeah, was. Yeah, service the, manager. The service for the manager. Yeah. He was also very kind to us. Um, and um, one of the things that he implied, which I think is a great idea, I just didn't see it in action, was um, supposedly the um, so so the way that the arcade and everything works is it's not quarters. It's um, if you've ever been to a game works, it kind of works in the same way in that you get a card and then the, you just you the card has like a you know it has an RFID chip in it or something like that. And you basically just like tap it against the machine and that's how you play um the one thing that he mentioned is because um you know the you know, relative because they're a restaurant first they don't exactly have like you know a, this ma- monolithic arcade floor it, it's it's relatively you know small and that um uh what, what what i would like to see happen and um was at least at least been talked about enough that bobby mentioned it is that you would only be able to play a game so many times um in a row in a row right um <laughs> Unfortunately, we did not see that tonight. One of the games that John and I wanted to play was monopolized by by two people for literally half an hour, and um, they just kept on, um, you know, like you know, redoing their cards over yeah, and over yeah. and over again to get credits. They have they had this um, this this box, um, like it was like some some like uh, like a horror game, but it was in a box and it was like you're wearing 3D glasses and it like shoots air in your face and like it they described it as a 4D horror game, right? Yeah. Which is a stupid term, but it is. It's funny, <laughs> but. Um, 
the uh, we were we were John and I were very interested to play it because like the people that were in there were like literally like screaming yeah. like there was one point later in the evening where I literally saw it scare kids so much out of the cabinet like they yeah, literally yeah. ran screaming but out we of the stood cabinet. there waiting for 15 minutes and and sort of one of the interesting things about the way the game cards are designed we had each had a game card with an hour of playtime on it now that the hour is real time so the moment you tap your card to a game it starts the timer on that card. You have one hour to play whatever you want in the arcade, which is nice because you can just go between machines. Um, but for somebody like Charlie and I, we're standing there waiting for 15 minutes to Clock's play ticking. this game. Other it's, people are being inconsiderate mm-hmm. with the machine. You're literally, every minute yep. that you stand there waiting for your turn to play a game, you're losing money on yep. it. It, but, is, it is not an hour of gaming. It's an hour to play games. Yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, my only concern is, is if they get really busy on the weekends, maybe you'll see some of that. Right. But but I really enjoyed this selection. I mean, they even had they even had Dragon's Lair in there, for yeah. God's sakes. You know what I mean? So they had some cool stuff. And yep. everything's been re- completely refurbished. To its original yeah, yeah. glory, yeah. Like all the retro cabinets they mentioned are like in, mm-hmm. are like the original cab- yeah. cabinets. They didn't like replace anything. They just you know touched up the original stuff, which yeah. I think is very cool. Now, to to be clear, it's not the arcade portion of the restaurant is not huge, right? It's not massive. There's not a ton of games to choose from, but the the selection is varied, and I appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Uh, again, like John said. With, with, between the menu, between the beer list, between the, the you know just the entertainment options available, and between the arcade options, really something for everybody. Yeah. Even 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 the fireside board game area. Yeah, <laughs> that they had, where they had um like we watched literally people playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots. I mean, they also had yeah. this four player Pac Man game that was on a massive screen, and you oh, yeah. you stand it must... standing and you play it. I, I want to say the screen was about 150 inches. It was um, huge. Um, that uh, we we it was the first thing that that drew us when we were done eating is when we got up and we started to explore the arcade options. It, it drew us over there, but then some people sat down right in front of us, and we meant to go back, and we all just spaced and never made it back over there. So we didn't actually get to try it. But um, but yeah, it's really 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 cool stuff. It is um, definitely the sort of place if you're going to go and and you know celebrate it with mm-hmm. friends, and you're going to celebrate with for an event, not just birthdays, but I mean just anything. If you just want to get together, friends, it's. The other thing, uh, there was a, a fourth there with us. One of uh, one of Charlie's friends mentioned that he was impressed with the sort of melting pot of people you saw in there. Yeah. You saw people mm-hmm. in business attire. You saw people in casual clothing. You, you obviously saw gamers in there. We right. saw more than more than a handful of them in there. So, so like you saw people like in Mass Effect hoodies with like you know blue hair and piercings. Yeah, yeah. Standing next to people in like business suits. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, you know, we said it at the time when when my buddy Matt said it. It's like it, le- it really was like a melting pot of people. It in is. There. It's impressive. Yeah. The, the only thing I did notice though, and they they did kind of touch on it. I would not say it, it, it's, you know, I mean, you can bring the fam, but I don't think it's catered to the family. It's more for like little kids. You mean kind yeah, of family? Like, yeah, like, it's like, not it's a little not, kid environment. At yeah, all. it's definitely not like you know, put on our Sunday's best and take Jimmy and Johnny out. It's more for like drop Jimmy and Johnny at the babysitter because mommy and daddy are going oh, out for daddy's it, birthday. It's I can see it definitely being. A Friday, Saturday night hotspot for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, I, I we went on another Sunday again, so mm-hmm. it was a relatively even paced. But I'm sure Friday and Saturday nights are nuts in there. The staff even kind of mentioned that it's been. I mean, since opening too, it's yeah, generated a sure. lot of interest, which is a great thing for them. That's been very busy in there. So, 
You know, I, I personally, I will be going back. I want to yep. try some other things on the menu. You know, we did try a couple other things. We got some appetizers. Pulled pork nachos. Good Pulled stuff. pork nachos mm-hmm. were fantastic. Yep. Uh, we did try another thing that was, um, sounded a little better on paper than it ended up being in practice, but that's part of what I liked about interacting with the staff. Uh, again, you know, the, their service manager, Bobby, wanted to hear our feedback on mm-hmm. the menu items that we, we tried this evening. And when we explained to him that the other appetizer we got, which was like a kind of uh, bacon that they uh, they wrap up in. Uh, it was like a mango jalapeno salsa with like or uh, like 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 spread with, with some pineapple, um, with some pineapple and... around like, you know, so like a, like some premium choice cut of steak. I forget what it, and what it, it was. was exactly. It was pepper jack cheese. Yeah. And then they wrap that in bacon and then they deep fry it for a moment. And it sounded great, but um, most of the pricing options I expected to be far more expensive than they were. Pretty evenly priced for for a, a, such a novelty restaurant, and for being at Woodfield Mall, I expected it to be a lot more expensive than it was. This was the only thing we ordered that I felt was um, a little pricey for what we got. Yeah, uh, it was literally four skewers with two pieces of these things on them that were about the size of a. Uh, I don't know. Tootsie roll. Uh, no, no, a little bigger than that. <laughs> like a like a like a like a bacon wrapped tater tot. Bacon size. wrapped tater tot, yeah, about go. that size. And there were two of them per skewer, and there was a skewer for all four of us. Luckily, and yeah. <laughs> the ingredients on paper sounded amazing. Yep. But we felt like they were, I think, kind of unanimously felt like it was kind of uh, the bacon overwhelmed the rest of the taste of it. So that was the only thing we 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 seemed to kind of dislike. And when we explained that to Bobby, he was he wanted that feedback yep. and said that they're they're looking for feedback on that stuff. So yep. I appreciated the the openness from the staff from the moment we walked through the door to the moment we left. Everybody was friendly. Everybody was really really funny. Actually, everybody had a great mm-hmm. sense of humor. You can tell that they're working in an environment that they enjoy being in. Yep. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to going back. I want to try some more of the food and uh, some more of the beer. Yep, definitely. Um, you know, for for those that are curious, you know, the sandwich prices I want to say were, were like twelve to fifteen dollar range. Um, you know, the uh, the appetizer. You know, pretty much everything was like between like I would say twelve to eighteen dollars. Um, they had some pasta dishes that 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 got up to like eighteen twenty dollars. Uh, you know, I don't really know what the portion size. Curiously were on those. priced. I would like. I would like. To know. Yeah, uh, for pasta dishes. Yeah. Um, they had some salads. They had some sushi. Um, Pizzas. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Again, with the menu, well, like all like all other things, something for everybody. Yeah. Um. As as far as you know, th- there were some people with kids there, but I think they definitely just looking at like the parents with the kids. I think they definitely had looks on their faces like, "Oh, this is not somewhere to bring our kids." Yeah, yeah I mean, not what they thought. Yeah, like you can. Yeah, but I honestly like the people I would suggest this to. You have a gamer in your life, and it's your anniversary, his or her birthday, or you just want to go out for date night. Perfect. Yeah, to me, this is it's uh, the the best analogy I can think of is like. Like uh, like a like a nice contemporary sushi restaurant, like it's 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 casual enough and it's kind of fun enough, but it's not somewhere that you bring like your screaming kids to. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Not suit and tie. You can you can wear jeans and a t shirt. Yes. Yeah, you can you can mm-hmm. go either way with it. If yeah. you want to come in there dress fancy, dress fancy. If you want to be right. casual, be casual. Mm-hmm. It's it's the atmosphere in there was really good. It's it's yep. a fine dining experience. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but it's not like you know, it's like you know, it's cloth napkins. You know, mm-hmm. that 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 says a lot about the <laughs> yeah. restaurant right there. There you go. Um, but uh, but no, no, I, uh, yeah. I didn't say extremely fine or yeah. expensive. It's a fine dining experience. No, it is. No, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> I, uh, and the fact you know, you know, a, a lot of times you know whether mm-hmm. or not the napkins are paper or cloth says something about yeah. the restaurant. Yes. So there's that. Um, and the, what was it about the water? They had the water. Yeah, they have <laughs> what 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 uh, what our server Kennedy described to me as a uh, 
a table side, uh, you know, pouring service, bottle service for mm-hmm. their water. Uh, the way it was explained to me, if I did not misunderstand him, was is that the water that they served us at the table was not a tap water. Mm-hmm. It is a bottled water, like a bottled mineral water that they bring in that they serve to their guests. So I don't think anybody in there is drinking any sort of tap water No, and they pour it for you. I mean, like they kept pouring water for us, even if we weren't drinking it, if we took a sip, man, they were topping us off. They took great care of us. They also offered me, uh, you know, sparkling water as an option if I didn't want the mineral water too. So, I mean, they give you, they give you a lot of options. That's what this place seems to be designed around, which is something for everybody. Mm -hmm. We've said it like five times and there is a little something for everybody there. And then the other thing that really seemed to ring true is, um, I made the comment last week about like, this is a a special occasion restaurant. You know, this is, uh, it's, it's, it's not a Chili's where you, you, where you meet up with your, I mean, like if, if you have the budget (laughs) to go there every week, sure. Why not? Then, then I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. jealous of you. Um, (laughs) but, um, you know, for, I I would say for most people, this is a special occasion kind of situation, like, you know, you know, birthdays, anniversary, so Mm -hmm. on and so forth. Um, you know, especially you know, if, you know, a, a nice gift, a nice treat for the gamers in your life. But, but I can um, tell you this: it's it's a really, really nice thing for the world of gaming. Yes, it is. You can tell that that Namco has tried to very much so pay tribute to their history. They've got some glass display cases that have like older Namco items and collectible some really items. Really cool stuff. Really yeah. neat stuff. And yeah. the gift shop is stocked with some actually really cool Namco stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I said it last week, anything that, that adds to gaming and, and sort of honors gaming in such a graceful way is probably the best way I could describe it. You know, that's, it's really cool. You know, I, I'm excited to see where they go with it in the future. And when you pull up to the restaurant, it's monolithic. It's, you can't miss the outside of this restaurant and at night it looks so cool. Yep. They Um, dwarf Sears. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, they, they 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 kind of took away Sears's uh, upper level to build this restaurant. Yeah, um, yeah. If you're driving by, I think it's uh, I think it's a 290 that runs uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, north and south um, against the against the mall there. You if you're if you're looking, you can't miss it. It is yeah. just giant. Like it's like the it's like the obelisk from 2001 Space Odyssey. It is uh, just on its side with 257 on it. It's this this giant black, black monument <laughs> <laughs> to to uh, to eating. You know, it's awesome, man. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I'm really excited to see what they do with it in the future. I'm going to go yep. back and try some more dishes. And if I try more stuff, I'll be, be glad to kind of fill you guys in on what I thought of this stuff coming up. But, uh, you know, best of luck to Namco and, and Level 257. I, I really, really uh, think they put something nice together for everybody. And I want to say thank you to them for taking the time to uh, not only take care of us this evening, but uh, speak with us on the phone this week. Definitely. And um, keep an eye on our uh, Facebook page. I'll be putting up some pictures that we took uh, of our evening there, as well as some videos, including the most insane air hockey table oh, we have ever I'll seen. I'll go ever. back just to play that air <laughs> hockey table, man. Yep. I'm just happy they've given me a reason to celebrate my birthday again. <laughs> awesome. That's, aw, that made me sad. <laughs> <clears throat> Doesn't make me, because you get to go now every year. That made me happy. He's implying <laughs> that now you have to take him to level 257 <clears throat> to celebrate his birthday every year. Yes. Now I'm conflicted. <laughs> <laughs> See, but you said you were sad, so now you're obligated. Look uh, what you've done to yourself, Charlie. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, so quick full disclosure, um, our, our visit to level 257 was funded completely on all of our own dimes, um, except because, um, you know, for whatever reason, and also maybe because Bobby, the, 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 uh, the, the service manager, kept on trying to cram Miller Light down my throat, um, our... <laughs> <laughs> our, our arcade time was on uh, what was gifted to us by level 257 so thank you very much guys for that they were also kind enough to let us try their game over drink too they, one of that's their, true. their custom that's beverages true. which was really good yep 
but that's mainly because they were out of the beers I kept on. I know. Before. Well, here's the here's <laughs> the thing. Charlie's taste in beer was too good. I, I think I think we, we I think we got a a uh, a cocktail to try. To show show to show us that we can that they can make good cocktails, and it was exquisite. Two of those, and I can't drive home. It was it was great. And two, I think. Uh, our, our arcade time was more of uh, sorry we didn't have three the three beers you ordered Charlie <laughs> yeah. here's a mercy gift yeah so, yeah. so Charlie ordered three beers um, three of the craft beers that they had on draft and uh, they oh, for you know three. again this this well, is one soft was on draft two or both. oh okay yeah. my yeah. mistake it's a soft opening they're yep. still you yeah. know getting everything set up you know technically the grand opening we were told isn't going to be until closer to summer so no I don't fault them at all for not no. having that stuff yeah. I, you know but uh, they but were they kind did, enough to, to they take did care go oh for three yeah but but the shout out to arcade brewing congratulations like it was all of your bottles that i asked for that they were out of so good for you guys <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so we asked you guys um if you had the ability to come up with a gaming restaurant what you would do so here are your responses to that so our mailbag question hey, for this week was listen. you're handed creative freedom to design a video game themed restaurant uh what video game or genre do you use for inspiration uh what's on the menu and what does it look like and what are some of the activities there are for your customers um these are some of the favorite <clears throat> these are some of my most favorite responses I, i'd like to apologize <laughs> to the listeners real quick at and and i it, we'll, we'll try not to do essay format questions <laughs> 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 I, I don't know, man. These are again. These are some of the, my favorite answers we've ever gotten to a mailbag. Okay, well, so. we will start doing essay questions every week. So start preparing. It will be varied. It will continue to be varied. Um, okay, so first off, uh, Matt Elfring had um, had some responses, and they came apart in pieces. So I'm just going to put them all together here. So, um, so he had two main ideas. Uh, the first idea was okay. now, uh, now again, guys, just remember remember the podcast you're listening to here. So, um, and, and, and Elfring's track record yeah so um uh this next section is 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 not safe for children um so his first idea is a strip club called custer's revenge's revenge (laughs) where all of the strippers both male and female which okay there are strippers so again children in the room maybe a bad idea um where all the strippers both male and female uh we don't discriminate wait for it um (laughs) are all dressed like Custer from the game Custer's Revenge. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just do a quick uh, pause now, (laughs) do a quick Google and come back because it's kind of important that you understand this. Including the large pixelated erection. If there's still kids in the room, I question your parenting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) In between dances, that's in quotes, uh, a member of one of the Native American tribes comes out and and tells everyone in attendance how horrible they are for supporting the strip club. Also, Chicken Wing Thursdays. Uh, another idea for Custer's Revenge is revenge uh, to get a free lap dance from a man or woman of your choosing with a large pixelated direction, of course. Said person about to receive the lap dance has to write a short essay about the plight of the Native American in contemporary America. The more relevant points to your essay, the longer the lap dance. And then he even came up with a slogan. Uh, Custer's Revenge is Revenge, a strip club that encourages knowledge and apparently racism and sexual assault were kind of awful and shouldn't exist. <laughs> Yeah. His second idea, uh, shorter but also very good. Um, Outworld, a Mortal Kombat themed restaurant where all the servers are dressed like Ryu and Ken just to piss off fanboys. That is awesome. <laughs> uh, and then Brian Lester's head exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Carlton uh, writes in and has a suggestion Daisy Cafe shoot the other patrons before they shoot you and then eat their beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> 
Uh, Dash Ebo uh, suggests um, basing a place off of Alice the Madness Returns or American McGee's Alice. I would go there because that would be that's, yes. amazing. That's, that's some great art style. Um, Danny Meckler suggests Meats of Rage. Now, I haven't read this yet. And <laughs> knowing Danny, I might not be able to get through this so in good. one take. Um, Meats of Rage, a diner based on an old school side scrolling beat em ups with. Uh, Alice, Streets of Rage, Double Dragon, Final Fight. The only patrons allowed in the building are ro- are, are roided up beefcakes with tough sounding names like Boulder or Chad. <laughs> Chad. <laughs> to order, you punch and kick similarly dressed waiters until they randomly drop apples, rotisserie chickens, <laughs> <laughs> or weapons. I'm pretty sure that's assault. <laughs> <laughs> Not, no, there's a waiver. Um, <laughs> didn't say that, chicken. but I'm assuming there's a waiver. Uh, which you have to eat in one bite. Bones and all. Uh, th- this sounds horrible. For dessert, you might be able to find an ice cream cone if you knock over the right garbage can. <laughs> this is a lot of work to eat. Uh, now, since this is a conventional sit-down restaurant, uh, to get your check, a large, disproportionately sized boss manager fires lasers that you have to dodge and reflect back at him in order to progress onto the next level which is your car to get home find the konami code on yelp to get 15 percent off your whole order i don't know man that could That's be a thing. awesome that, i, I, like I would eat it meats of rage hold on <laughs> meats of rage promotes both physical activity and interactive eating Assault. They're crossing uh, again. Waiver. <laughs> waiver. Yeah. Makes everything. All I'm pretty right. sure it's if they give you full chicken, uh, it, it's not assault. You're actually just, you know, it's some sort of weird business transaction. Just, none of that sounds sanitary. <laughs> yeah, they might have a problem. They might have a problem with their sanitation license. Yeah. Uh, and then Songbird writes in and uh, writes, uh, "Dear Texas, trying to go and go and follow Flynn." Uh, first off. Fuck daylight savings time. And that's all in caps. Uh, Songbird, I agree with you completely. Uh, mailbag answer. Obviously, there should be a Mario Party restaurant, which would be similar to Chuck E. Cheese, but on a grander scale. There'd be rides and games with different themes, depending on where you're at. In Yoshi's Island, there's the Super Happy Tree, where you can eat various fruits and vegetables. Or Princess Peach's Castle, where you eat cake and other desserts. Uh, then, <laughs> <laughs> And we know where Charlie will be the entire time. <laughs> I do like a good cake. Um, <laughs> then Wario's World is where you go to redeem prizes, but good luck with that because they'd cost a ton of tickets because he's greedy. Okay. Yeah. okay. I like yeah. that. I like that uh, play into the theme. Um, she also has some dish suggestions. Uh, banana Slamma Sunday, uh, Koopa Troopa Supa, and Peachy Pie. Okay. Um, she goes on to ask, if you were going to have a dish created in your honor, what would it be? Um, so a dish uh, of some sort. In my honor? In, in your honor. I know what I'd make. Okay. The Flynn Flan. <laughs> <laughs> like like Flan? Yeah. Cool. But I'm going to call it Flan. Cool. It's just like, you know, the old Flynn Flan. <laughs> but Flynn Flan. No, yeah. any dessert that is an enemy in Final Fantasy is just not good. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the Flynn Flan is, is the, the one that comes to uh, mind most easily. For me, but but I don't know. I stand by what I said last week. The the little you know chocolate covered donut holes, the the Koopa Poopas, <laughs> you know, put right. some sprinkles on it. Each right. each set of sprinkles represents a different Koopa kid, and they're the one that pooped out the Poopa. <laughs> Just okay. Yeah. Uh, go. Do you have one? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd have a a, a milkshake called the Fu, which would stand for uh, Fudge Utopia, and it'd be made with goat's milk. <laughs> 
Okay, I actually really like that answer. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I would. I would just. Um, I yeah. I, I do love my desserts, and so I would have the Technotronic Cornicone. Is the only thing. Ooh. You know, it's a you know magical rainbow ice cream cone. I mean, it's. And you could also tie that into uh, like if you had a sampler platter, it could be the Technotronic Cornucopia. Hey, I hey. like that. And I, I honestly think that the Technotronic Cone should come in a bowl and sticking straight up like a unicorn. Per- oh, perfect! Oh my god! <laughs> perfect. A couple of jelly beans with yes. the eyes. Rain, rain, <laughs> obviously, rainbow rainbow uh, birthday cake ice cream. <laughs> Um, suddenly, I think we're describing something that, Bas- that, 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 that Baskin Robbins actually sells. But um, anyways, uh, she then asks, uh, Sonic loves chili dogs. Yes. Wario loves garlic. Mm-hmm. Kirby loves tomatoes. What would you guess other characters' favorite food would be that never have been revealed and why? She um, forgot Mario and Luigi like spaghetti. That's been revealed. Yeah, yeah. Where have yeah. you been on that one? I feel compelled to make a Metal Gear joke, oh. uh, but but we watched uh, Snake eat a whole bunch of nasty ass shit in Metal Gear Solid Three, <laughs> so I guess technically they revealed all kinds of things he eats. So I don't know. Um, you would think this would be incredibly obvious depending on the character, but I feel like Nintendo characters might be easier to peg for this because they're bright and colorful, so you might be able to think of something. Yeah. Um, so let's um, let's so let let let's try and brainstorm this as we go here. So like I feel like Master Chief. I mean like protein bars. I, I guess um, MREs. M- oh, oh, <laughs> there <right>. you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, pyramid head uh, souls. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Pyramid head seems like a Cheerios kind of guy. You think so? Heart healthy and, and whatnot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's got to have a healthy heart. That's a hell of a head to be wandering yeah, around that, with. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. What's good for posture? <laughs> um, I know carrots are good for eyesight. Okay, so let's go on that. Who, who's a character that needs really good eyesight? Because um, somebody would need uh, carrots for what, that. What was his name? For, I hate to say it. The, the For Metal Gear Solid 3, the sniper. Any what sniper ever. <laughs> yeah. Their favorite food is carrots. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Um, what the hell does Rayman eat? Rayman? I was just thinking about that. Actually, he seems like a, uh, a Cliff Bar kind of guy. Cliff bar? Cliff you think so? Really? Well, with all the jumping and the climbing and the saving. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. That, okay. He seems like the hipster guy who bet Cliff Bar <laughs> with no arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> um, she didn't say what Mario eats. I would imagine I would imagine Mario being an Italian plumber just wants a, you know, spaghetti. spaghetti some yeah. deep dish. Spaghetti and meat, no, spaghetti and meatballs. They, they eat so? it all, they I don't know, man. New York plumber. They eat it all the time in the Super Show. Well, it wouldn't mm. be deep dish if he's from New York. Yeah, it'd be you, cracker pizza. You just, you just oh, made some people true. very angry. That's true. I, I'm one of them. <laughs> that was just wishful thinking for me because I, I just want some deep dish. No, not I, New yeah. York, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so there, there's a couple answers to that. Um, and so finally, she asks, uh, so this has been one of the most hotly debated video game questions of all time, so prepare yourselves. Okay, now coming from Songbird, I'm Wait, well, she's telling little, us to prepare ourselves? I'm a little <laughs> frightened right now. Great. Um, if they do eat... How is it possible for them to never need to use the restroom? Look, I, you can Google it. You can look it up on Amazon. It, there's, it's a book called Everybody Poops. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and, and it says everybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to assume that that means gaming characters as See, well. I mean, like I go to the bathroom during loading screens. I'm just assuming they do too. Look, some characters probably have more. Uh, uh, what do you think loading screen means? <laughs> oh, <Ugh. Ew>. <laughs> wouldn't that be unloading screen? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're loading the facilities. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Ugh. Um, you would think characters like Master Chief or or Samus 
have these like crazy suits, maybe have some sort of, you know, system in place. I mean, the astronauts have to it. Handle I mean, I'm it. Sure well, that's they what do I'm too, saying, yeah. you know, but you know, like the dude like Sonic dude, like even he goes behind penis? the tall like, trees in his level. Would, like, I mean, it's we're not even certain that Sonic has genitalia. That's so, what I'm I mean, saying. Yeah, I mean, there, this, this might be an invalid question. We just don't. So know So maybe the Sonic to that. doesn't eat because because science would dictate that if you eat, you gotta go, and if you don't have anything to expunge, then you're gonna explode. Maybe or, that's why he runs. He just burns everything off. Or, with his, or maybe just, that's why he's running. He's trying to find the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yellow rings. Yellow rings. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Well, we just figured out that Sonic has had the worst case of diarrhea for the better part of three decades. <laughs> Yeesh. Sonic boom, indeed. <laughs> Songbird, what have you done? <laughs> no, the, her question was perfectly valid. It's what have we done? Yes, yeah, what have we done to her question? That's, yeah. no, that, that's what I mean. She should have known better. I don't know. Maybe maybe she <laughs> said that's us up why for the she fall. did it. She's that's clever like that. True. Uh, so Songbird and everybody else that replied, thank you very much for your responses. Uh, Dash, Danny, Carlton, and Matt. Um, this is one of my favorite mailbags in a while. Um, so thank you all very much for that. And um, once again, thank you very much to Level 257 for everything. Um, so, uh, John, what do you got coming up? What's, what's in the works? What's what's the haps, as the cool kids say? Uh, yeah, Views for Villains is going to be uh, performing for the first time ever in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina at uh, Mad Monster Party. It's a... Uh, horror theme convention they invited us to come out and uh, we're going to be doing that uh, the uh, 27th 28th and 29th of this month we'll be there we're actually going to be performing Saturday the 28th that evening so uh, we're looking forward to doing that and uh, that's everything I got coming up right now more info for that on that can be found at madmonster.com go how about you no, yeah, I still got nothing, nothing. Okay. I, 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 I've got something but it's nothing <laughs> I feel like that's a deeper comment then anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We can get Ryan in here to uh, <laughs> to to school you on some more Zen like yes. uh, you know li- living. And on my side of things, uh, again, no, I haven't. A lot, you know, I haven't mentioned my Facebook groups in a while. So uh, once again, um, if uh, if you're looking for a couple places on Facebook to talk about some geeky things, um, you can look up the you know, where you know, members of several different groups. Uh, the first one is uh, the Players Club, where all the members of this particular podcast, as well as some other great people, uh, like to talk about video games. Um, if you want to talk about Android stuff, you can look up Android for Everyone. Uh, if you want to talk about computer geekery stuff, you can look up the mouse click, like C-L-I-Q-U-E, because we're clever with names. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, if you're in the relative Chicago area and you like the beers, you can look up uh, Cobra, which is the Chicagoland, gra- uh, Chicago, Chicagoland area craft beer enthusiast. It's a stupid, na- it's, it's, it's a, a stretch to come up with that acronym, but I wanted it, so I got it. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's pretty much all that, uh, for my beer of the week, I would like to, uh, recommend, um, if you happen to get over to level 257 anytime soon, or if you find it otherwise, um, the Scorched Earth Brewery, which I'm pretty sure is a new brewery in the area, they have a, uh, smoked ale called Foraging Swine, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of an interesting name, but, uh, but very good beer, um, I know, uh, John, you sampled it too. I did get to try it, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah really good stuff, it's like, it's like a smoked... Um, I think it's like an amber ale um, underneath underneath there, but uh, really good smoke balance. But it um, does have a very smoky taste, yes. which I liked. Goat did not care for. No, I like yeah. my beer unsmoked. Yep. Um, so yeah, Foraging Swine by Scorched Earth, um, which you can currently find, at least at this moment, until they run out uh, on tap at level 257 and other fine craft beer places near you. Uh, check and look them up. I'm sure if you look them up on uh, beermenus.com, it's a great resource to find beers that you're looking for. So... 
For next week's show, we're going to get you guys all caught up on virtual reality headsets. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Oculus Rift, the new HTC headset that just got announced, uh, the Sony Morpheus, uh, the Microsoft HoloLens, and uh, you know, just try and uh, cover all the different various products that have been announced recently and how they compare against each other. And so we want to know what questions you guys have about virtual reality headsets. Uh, what would make you guys uh, get one? What would make it worth it to you? And uh, where do you hope that they're going to go? So let us know what you guys think about virtual reality and send us your questions. And we'll, uh, we'll be talking about that next week. And so if you've liked what you heard, you can find us at GamerHeadRadio.com, at Facebook.com backslash GamerHeadRadio, at Google.com slash plus GamerHeadRadio, and on Twitter at GamerHeadRadio, where I'm at T-E-K Charlie, Goat is at Sir Goatsworth, and John is at the Fallon Flynn. You can email us at editors at GamerHeadRadio.com or call in and leave a message at 94926Gamer. Uh, download the official Gamerhead Radio app from Google Play on Android or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, Twitch, or with your podcast downloader of choice. And with all that being said, this has been Gamerhead Radio. Thank you for listening. Speaking of lost faith in humanity, did you guys see that uh, air from Kanye West concerts going for sixty-one grand on eBay? That what? <laughs> the what? <laughs> the air. There's a Ziploc bag that says uh, "Air from Kanye West's concert, sixty-one grand on eBay." Oh God! I'm not even going to acknowledge that. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>